Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 325, recorded on May 6, 2021. On tonight's episode, ladies and gentlemen, Business Justin's here because it's money, money, money. It's the financial reports. Woo, woo, woo. Plus, did Nintendo just sneak Labo 2.0 at us yesterday? Maybe. And Jesse and Tim, they're playing the Pokemon Snap and they're taking pictures. So that means I've at least got a 25 minute power nap. Jesse, cue the music. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nintendo Dads. We are so excited that you're here, and I am your host of this dumpster fire of a show, Justin Masson. And of course, joining me are two gentlemen whose beards I am jealous of every single time that I see them. First and foremost, of course, the man who makes this sound semi-decent, Jesse Waldak. Jesse, how are you, sir? No, he makes this sound like the Nintendo Dads. Ah, We're the only right. ones who make that sound. So. Yes, that's a good point. So is that a good thing or not? I don't, I don't know. There's a bumper that would almost that would almost align with that kind of commentary. I'm sure. Yeah, but I can't play it now because I already ah, have the music playing just low. So I can, much. I can bring it back later. Just that's, too much. That's just, the Nintendo Dad sound. That's, I know, right? So, Come on now, Jesse. Sorry, I only, have, Jesse. I only have one mixer <laughs> level. It's either. Why else do we have Patreon? We can get you billions of mixers, right? That's why we run this crazy show. I don't have real estate for that. (laughs) I'm so tired of your... Listen, you you end up running the show solo last week. You have this big chip on your shoulder like you know what's going on. You swagger in here like you're big, you know, going, you know, some some attitude and kerfuffle. How are are you? Uh, That? I wasn't expecting a question after all that. (laughs) <laughs> I know. I didn't. I actually ran out of real estate. <laughs> the brain See? petered out. See, I told it happens. I know. I know. But yeah. But, but before the show, my, my my wife had me bring all the cat stuff downstairs because mm-hmm. her friend, who's getting ready to move to Texas, will be spending uh, tomorrow night in the house because they're mm. like ready to. They're locking the door and getting the keys yeah. over. And th- these people have three dogs that will literally eat a cat. So our cats cannot be anywhere around. And since yes. they'll be here tomorrow morning, probably before I wake up, they all had to be down here tonight, which means I started the Zoom call sweating, dripping. I'm like, oh, I look beautiful, don't I? Hey, <laughs> hey, you, you do look beautiful. You were glistening. Speaking of beautiful... Detroit in the house, <laughs> Timothy off. How are you? My, my American treat smuggler of a friend. How are you today, sir? You're not supposed to. Right. Right. I apologize. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm great. I'm doing wonderful. It's I, I'm rusty even after just being off for two weeks, obviously, because I didn't, forgot to put notes down for the show to begin with <laughs> so it's just like i'm just gonna sit back and watch yeah right i mean you know <laughs> like, man, oh I yeah know. wait i was supposed to be a participant in this <laughs> who's who's approving that time off in the office i don't and i don't remember signing off on those sheets i just i do what i want I'm that sorry. is true but you know you have that want. kind of swagger as well i appreciate it i appreciate where's it. my espresso <laughs> we need an intern on this show on the show <laughs> well guys i'm so excited that you're here and also i'm so excited that everyone in our chat is here i see you i see you chris i see you jason 
Well, how are you uh, doing, Justin? Dragon, Antonio. I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. It's been a day, right? Or it's been yeah. a it's been a hot minute. I wasn't here last week. Um, but yeah, it's good. You know, I'm excited. There's uh starting to feel a little bit of a like uh Nintendo magic coming on, you know what I'm saying? Feeling oh, the yeah. feeling the moves, feeling the excitement, feeling the dancing. We're just getting ready for think, E3. Just when you think there's no news, right? Just when you think that. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, we're like one month away from E3. So the hype train is starting to roll. And I'm excited. We got some good stuff coming up this uh, on tonight's episode. We got a lot of information, a lot of stuff to dive into. Thank you. Thank you. Third Strongest Mole, I see you as well. Canine can, uh, Cantina, thank you very much for being here. And it's so good to be surrounded by friends. It's so good to be here. And we're excited to jump into it. So why don't we just jump right into the news? Tim, who's the news brought to us by? 7-Eleven? Still? No? <laughs> you know what? I'm trying so hard. Really. Like, every, like I go in there, I get a Slurpee, and they're like, would you also like a taquito? And I say, would you also like sponsorship on one of the That's coolest right. Nintendo shows out there? And they're like, Sorry, no. what do you do? And they never respond back. And then that's where our Patreon step in. They come that's in exactly and do it. that for us every month. Yeah. I would get rid of our Patreon patron supporters for a good taquito or two. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not above that. <laughs> I just want people to know that. Like, I have a line. Two or three taquitos is probably it. We would sell out for taquitos. Oh, for sure we would. For sure. Maybe a corn dog. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The stuff that yep. you shouldn't have, the stuff that like you like you eat it and you're like, oh, this is so good. And then like 30 minutes later, you hear it's like, whoa. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Justin disappears from the podcast and yeah. has to take care of business while we run the show. Yeah. But of Jesse, course, do they have anything there that you can even eat there at 7-Eleven? Maybe a, a hot dog with no bun. Okay. Well, there maybe. you go. See? Yeah. We're all set. We're ready, 7-Eleven. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> of course, I digress. We are absolutely uh <laughs> you could buy me for corn dogs, says Antonio. <laughs> oh, NHL 94 would be retro or rewind would be a great sponsor. I love that as well. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh bring it, yeah. You're bringing that energy, bringing that energy. I appreciate it. Uh, but of course, we appreciate our amazing Patreon supporters who support us every single month to keep this dumpster fire going to fill our tummies with taquitos and, and weird hot dogs that make us ill later. Uh, and of course, we're funding to get Jesse another sound mixer. So I'm tired of his excuses. That's really why we're here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I and I, you know, we know this. Go to patreon.com backslash dudes. If you've been here before, you've heard the rant, you know what to do, blah, blah, blah. I am excited because we have some amazing guests lined up, actually, as I speak about E3, hoot, hoot, getting on the hype train. We have got some guests that we're going to be announcing pretty soon to get us in our buildup for E3. So, But but nice. folks, I'm ready. I'm getting excited. Oh, I see some subs as well. Ebisol, thank you so much. I just saw that sub as well. Antonio, thank you. Oh, man, so much love. So much love today on Twitch. And everyone's here because it's because it's, it's it's money day. It's financial reports. Let's dive into this thing. guys. Uh, I think we can probably make the quickest episode ever. Let's summarize Nintendo, be making the money, be making it rain. Let's move on to what we've been playing. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, told, I told my wife, like, the one line I like to look at is the cash on hand. Yeah. And it's literally, you know, they have their numbers in millions of yen, and the number is over a million. Yeah. 
it's uh, converted at US dollars and it's over ten billion dollars with yeah. a B yeah. in yes. cash. Outrageous, outrageous stuff. Do you know what she I mean? Goes, like, what did I do with all that cash? And I said, apparently nothing, because they still have it and haven't spent it. Well, that's the argument yeah, that they're everyone... buying companies, except yeah. for the one uh, developer uh, they bought. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. I mean, Nintendo is is in, in no shock here. Nintendo is a conservative company, right? And they and they have always strategically been. And I think this was the interesting. You know, this is the part where people were like. Hey, during the Wii U, Nintendo needs to stop the hardware, just do software, right? Sell off Mario. You need to survive. If you know anything about Nintendo, like literally their war chest could get them through decades yeah. of survival in regards to, boy, we've had a couple Wii U's. Like they could have like four or five Wii U's back to back and still be like, yeah, we're okay. Uh, they have built a dedicated war chest to be able to survive those type of things. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting, but of course last year, sure. Look at, they opened up their uh, war chest and put a lot more money in. So let's break down the financial report. Cause this is kind of important pieces of information, Jesse, maybe I'll throw it to you. Cause I mean, I talk a lot about this stuff, but, but let's maybe, can you round us off with some big numbers? Of course, how many units were sold or what are we sitting at now for units? So for, for the last quarter for January one through March 31, they sold 4.7 million, which doesn't sound like much compared to the last number we said. But of course, that was holiday season. You know, first quarter in a calendar year is generally the lowest. Uh, but it still is higher than last year's first quarter. Uh, to a total of 84.6 million units worldwide. Wow. So that's a pretty big number, right? And so how many, what, what was it? Let's talk about like what the actual... Uh, um, sold was like how, so. How many units sold? What's the breakdown of that? Twenty-eight point three eight million units were sold during the fiscal year, so March, you know, April to March, uh, which has now outsold the Game Boy Advance's eighty-one point five million, leaving only th three consoles left to overcome. You know, the Wii at one point one, Game Boy at one eighteen, and the DS at one fifty-four. Tim, this is kind of interesting to you, though, right? Because you said, let's talk about this, this difference between the handheld and the home console. You have, I've always been like, man, round of applause, Nintendo's doing banger. And you're like, they are, Justin. However, <laughs> let's look at some other numbers together. So, Tim, talk to me about how this kind of breaks down in relation to what the large picture is and what the pieces, what we, what we should really be looking at to say, you know, are, are they doing as well as they are? I don't well I wouldn't say it's something we really have to look at I think it's just something else to look at as well cuz I like looking at the numbers individually cuz obviously that gives us our milestones that way but I also like to look at it because this is a hybrid console if if uh that we have to compare not have to but I'd like to compare it to the other systems home and handheld systems combined mm -hmm. uh because now that they don't have the two pillars separate, it's one. I like to see how are we, how is the, I keep saying we, like I'm Nintendo and the Switch, but um, how is it doing compared to the same numbers combined in the home and handheld system? For example, uh, and I posted this on, in Twitter as well, is um, in a screenshot of what I created was a number, a screenshot of their number, hardware, 84.59 million units that they sold last year in the fiscal year uh, compared to, for example, the Wii U and 3DS, which is 89.5 million combined. 
So if you look at that together, that's pretty darn good, you know, in that regard for hardware. I mean, it is looking at the Wii U and the 3DS, but still yeah. 84.5 versus 89.5. They're coming up pretty quick on that in the yeah. combined state. So, um, and then the heart, but then when you go to the Wii and the uh, DS, two really hot systems, well, hardware. The best console and the best handheld in this yeah. generation. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. hard to top that. Hardware is 255.65 million units together. So they got a long way to go with the Switch. But again, Switch is really hot as well. So that's why I wanted to look at it. The Wii and the DS family of systems were really hot at that time as well. So if the Switch is hot, making them lots of money, is it enough money compared to that system and the two pillar system, you know? And then also looking at the software, you can even look at it that way. Uh, which is software currently for the Switch is 58, uh, excuse me, 587.12 million units versus the Wii U and DS, or excuse me, the Wii and DS software, which was 1,870,000,000, I think it was, <laughs> if I'm reading that right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over a thousand uh, units millions. of software. <laughs> a thousand millions, yes. So, uh, but one interesting thing that one of our, uh, Patreons brought up or in, in our Discord was looking at the software numbers per device, the average, um, which when we discussed it was basically a switch is bringing an average of seven software pieces per device. Yep. Where the Wii and DS was 7.5 per device. So the software, if they're making money that way as well, is pretty good because they're only about 0.5 away. Yeah. Well, I think the well, and the interesting interesting part for that though, I would challenge you a little bit on that, Tim, mm-hmm. um, is that we're not necessarily apples to apples in that. And what I mean by that is, if you think like uh, a Nintendo first party game on a DS was approximately forty dollars, where every Nintendo first party game on the Switch is like sixty dollars, right? Or yeah. or well, translate yeah. to your local your local currency, whatever that is, right? Yeah, so they're making more. And DS games were like thirty five. Yeah, so we're so they're definitely making more, you know. So I think you're right in the sales numbers, but from a financials, they're probably about about par. Well, and think about it in. too is it, it is it is more switches sixty dollars, right, mm-hmm. compared to the cheaper amounts that the Wii and the DS had in their software. Yeah, but it is easier, more easier to get the software nowadays as opposed to when online purchasing was just starting on the DSi. Yeah. And then eventually got its way to the Wii. Yeah. Uh in WiiWare. So, you know, it was just it was in its infancy at that time. So right. and just starting where people were buying buying pieces of software at that yeah. at that level too. So I, I'm looking at the chat here. I love this. Ebisel and Datfest are both saying they're like, uh, I am definitely propping up like 20 switch owners because who only have one uh yeah, a game. I, I did I did the math earlier and because in order to average seven games per console, because I, I said I, I bought nine games in the last two months myself, and yeah. that doesn't include like the free codes and whatnot I've received. So, it, for say for every person that has a hundred games, and there's probably a dozen of you out there listening, at least that has a hundred games. There's sixteen people that has one game. Yeah, I'm like how I. I 
can't even imagine only owning seven, much less only owning <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's it's an inter- interesting number to uh, to go against as well. Let's break down those sales numbers a little bit more in some detail. A uh, question that's typically asked, I think of this, which I find very interesting, especially as you think of last year. So the, the critical part to think about is we were in a pandemic, right? And we know Nintendo consoles were selling really, really well. Uh, and what did this actually mean for a breakdown? Because I think whenever I think last year and I think like Nintendo, I think Animal Crossing and I think the Switch Lite. Right. Those are kind of the, the the two things that I correlate together. And I don't know why, if I just naturally think Animal Crossing is a much more on the go device, much more casual market, much more kind of like entry level. And so the, the 28 million or sorry, 28.83 million uh, units that were sold last down is actually broken down into two categories. The home, co- or the, what I would call the, the OG switch and the switch light. And the OG switch sold at 20.32 million with the switch light at 8.51 million. So interestingly enough, I would have actually, I was anticipating we we're actually going to see the switch light sales a little bit higher than that. But I mean, Collectively, when you look at kind of this, it's about 33, 35% of the sales last year were Switch Well Light as well. Jesse, what do you got there? No, I was just going to say that they've, it's been pretty consistently that Switch Lights has been just under half Switch yep. sales, pretty much with the exception of its launch, where mm-hmm. it had a bit of a spike being the launch. And, you know, next month might might be spiked a little bit with, with Blurple coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on a second. I went through this actual report and Nintendo confirmed it as blue. All right. I went through it. They talked about the future <laughs> things. They said blue. They did not yes. say purple uh, or any of that. Um, blurple or any blue, of that. Blue I, color. I will also tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we have got a Nintendo Dads exclusive. I'm going to break it down to you right now. Barry Dunn, great friend of the show, is getting a Nintendo Switch Lite. He's going to tell us what color it is. We're going to get some live footage from the, from him to tell us what color that is in the coming nice. days as well as as that console launches early over in the UK. So we're excited to really answer those those real hard hitting questions that Nintendo dads uh, look to answer here as well. Cool. Jesse, what else about the sales number should we maybe be paying attention to? Uh, you know, the top 10 software list ultimately didn't move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the last several quarters, Animal Crossing has been outselling Mario Kart 8, but just never passing yep. it. This mm-hmm. this time, Mario Kart 8 uh, kept a uh, half a million unit lead, selling and, almost and, 2 million units in, the, in three I, months. And I suspect that that connection, that lead there, is most likely due to the bundling sales. Would, would you not think that? Like well, for the Christmas this, bundles. I guess, no, this is Q. This is starting January. So Yeah, I apologize. When I said, sales after it came open. out of my mouth, I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. So I know Mario Kart 8 is still on top overall since its release. It still has the most numbers, but in the fiscal year, Animal Crossing still sold more than yeah. Mario Kart 8. Uh, my, my, my comparison was just in the last three months. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. yeah so uh, throughout the year, for the quarter, Animal gotcha. Crossing sold almost 30 million because they, they launched just two weeks shy of the fiscal year yeah. start. Yeah, uh, where Mario Kart Eight has been out for four years, and then uh, yeah, everything else kind of like seems to fit in, in its normal spot. Nothing else moved. Kind of going in, you know. They announced that there's now 22 first party games that are million sellers. That's fantastic. I listed them all out. Somehow I missed Link's Awakening in mm. the last 
list three months ago, but they're mm-hmm. at they're at sixteen with five five point five million. Yeah, and uh, what's the other one? It was yeah Mario Mario three D World and Bowser's Fury five point six million units. So new 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 to the list since it wasn't their last yeah. quarter at fifteenth place, and in less than three months was only two hundred and eighty thousand units shy of the Wii U's version sales, and they've yeah, since and, passed it. And that's and that's a great call out. I mean, this is a game that was was released at the end of January, so I mean, it had about two months and a couple of days to kind of hit that run rate and, and kind of coming in the list at number 15 at, at 5.59 million. That's a significant kind of jump on the board, but I think it just goes back to the idea of just how much the Mario IP that brand sells, right? Nintendo knows that they're not stupid, right? When you also look at, um, you know, I'm looking at the results here, super Mario 3d all-stars, you know, hitting, hitting landing, excuse me, <clears throat> at 13, uh, number thirteen on this list at just on just over nine million copies, right? Uh, and again, that was a six month run rate approximately for that as well. Again, just strengthening that Nintendo brand is and the Mario brand. Then Hyrule Age of Warriors Age of Calamity just over three million, which, which it went from sixteenth down to nineteenth. But mm-hmm. that's those numbers are. <clears throat> Not do they don't include Japanese sales because mm. it was published by not Nintendo. I forget who published it. Sure, but uh, so but they published it worldwide. So those numbers don't include Japan. I think that that's the only game that qualifies. Okay. And then with nice. uh, the the ring. Ultimately, no, no, wait, no, that's the composer. The uh, ring uh, for Koi the Tecmo. Sorry, Koi Tecmo. Oh, that would yeah, that would make sense because they developed it. And Ring Fit Adventure actually uh, passed Luigi's Mansion to get the eleventh spot, mm. uh, just uh, crossing ten million units. Sure. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I you know, as as we kind of look at these numbers, um, not a big shock. They did very well last year. Um, I don't think any of us are are, are shocked by that. I'm interested to see, you know, can, and, and I think the transitional question that I would have, and I think like as any investor would have, or anyone, as we look at this is cool. So what next? Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. as, as any investor is going to say, awesome. You had a great year round of applause. Cool. Just, and also by the way, really great year in a global pandemic, right? Like, yay. When you're looking at something like PlayStation, Xbox, having difficulty getting their their devices on their platforms on shelves, right? Nintendo is kind of in that sweet spot. As we transition over to 2021, 2022, they're they're running into their fourth. Will we deem this their fourth year or fifth year of the console now? Fifth year. Launched in 2024, right? Yeah, completed four years. What's next? What does Nintendo do? And, and Nintendo began to kind of tell us a little bit of that story, Jesse. So what are some things that we need to know about the projections? So... They in in the the report, which because they also mentioned upcoming first party games of games that are already out. So I think these numbers are as of March, not necessarily mm-hmm. as of today. Correct. They were forecasting about twenty five to twenty six million units for this fiscal year. Yeah. Yep. Then go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, yeah. no, that's a little bit of a, of a, of a different number because earlier in the week or earlier last week, we began hearing this rumor that they were projecting 30 million. And this began to kind of get the internet to buzz, internet of fury. Uh, right. Nintendo has now, though, basically said, no, here's a number we're actually going to use, which interestingly enough is a number less than what they sold this year. So they're, they're actually projecting less sales than last year. So With let's break that down. Five, that kind of makes sense. Correct. Because most Nintendo systems only have a five-year life cycle. Uh, but here's my thoughts. So the the 30 million, I don't think Nintendo themselves said it. They've been reported by Screen Rant and other people based on things they've heard or rumors. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo report, reporting 25 million also hasn't said anything about a successor or a step-up console. Mark III, mm-hmm. as I like mm-hmm. to put it. So it sounds like this, if this 30 million is to be believed, that would include the 25 million plus N million of the not yet announced console. Sir, sorry. So let me be very clear on what your hype, what you're saying here, Jesse, just so I'm clear. You're yeah. saying, well, sure, look at Nintendo is, is, is conservatively saying 25.5. To the shareholders, to the investors, because they have not yet announced a successor, a Switch Pro, which would, would we're going to call it for now. But but like the the actual target is thirty, but we're saying twenty five because we don't want to announce Switch Pro. Is that correct? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, interestingly enough, for those of you that are maybe playing at home, scratching your head, this number that they're projecting twenty five point five zero is actually eleven point five percent less less than last year's sales. And the other interesting part that I also want us to lean into here is the software sales. Because this is a bit of a challenge, right? Because if you're saying, what's going to move, what's going to move 25 million switch units? What's going to move 30 million switch units in a cycle where you're now at five years? A couple things has to happen. Here's what I think. Has to, has to happen. You either have to have a brand new console, so Switch Pro. You either have to drop your price uh, to make it more accessible and make it kind of, you know, um, the, the OG switch, you know, $50 reduction, the switch lights and uh, reduction, a little more impulse viable. Correct. Exactly. Or you need to have banger software. That is finally the thing that makes you pull the trigger and says, now I'm buying the console. Now I'm doing it. And interestingly enough, if you look at Nintendo's report here last year in 2021, they sold 230 million units. Wow. That is a banger. Software? This year, this year, they're projecting to sell 190 million units in software, in software for those. Now, that is, an, is a 17.70% reduction, almost 20%. So they're actually saying, we believe we're going to sell um, 20% less of the software in our next year than we did last year. They know they're not going to have a 30 million unit seller. Correct. They could have multiple six or seven million sellers. Correct. Right now. So this is a very interesting place because the question that we will get asked is, is Breath of the Wild coming out this year? Right. Is Breath of the Wild 2 a, a, a game, a console that we know will sell, sell really well? Is that going to come out here? Or, or here's the other thing. Are they taking in consideration the fact that Animal Crossing hit at the right time? 
and became the game of the pandemic. And that created such a fever that they had to create more of a conservative number based on what it could have actually been or what it would actually be. And so they're reducing it because here's the thing. Nintendo can't say, you know, to your point, Jesse, there's nothing in their lineup that will give them a 30 million seller again on a one shot year. Nothing in their lineup historically would ever do that. Right. So they're reducing that number out of the equation. And I think to your point, yeah, Breath of the Wild could come out. Because if you look at the Breath of the Wild numbers, that's about a 20 million seller, right? You need to take that number, that 190 million, and you need to start kind of figuring out what are the sales run rates of games that they have that would help get them to 190 million. Because it can't be onesies and twosies. Do you know what I mean? Guess what's not going to get them to 190 million? This this Nintendo Garage game ain't going to do it. Oh, so Sorry. Mario Party? <laughs> Mario Party might do it. A new Breath of the Wild is going to is going to get them those numbers, right? Another uh Super Mario might get them that numbers. I'm sorry, Tim, Metroid will not get them that numbers, right? Another Pokémon this get, year anyways. Pokémon's going to get them those numbers, right? That's interesting. Three We've got three, three Pokémon Pokemon games, games. this this fiscal year. Right? Look at the sales numbers on Pokémon games. You're averaging about 20 million. You got three of those hitting between the end of next fiscal report. There are 60 million. Take that equation out. And well, with with a lot of people, many people will double dip, you know, buying the 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 diamond and the pearl together. You know, yep. But when it comes, to, so I, while I don't think Arceus will be double, the it'll probably maybe be 150 percent of. I don't what know diamond or pearl is. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not in our Twitch chat, you're not in our YouTube chat, what are you doing with your life on a Thursday evening? I don't know because you should be here because ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now, breaking news, what Chris 94 said that's going to get them to 190 million. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. NHL 94 rewind. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, He's been talking about that game all day. God bless him. He's going to like live and die by that flag. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love it. Love it. Well, you know how, you know why he mentions that, right? I mean, not just because he likes to mess with Marty when he's here in that regards, but it's because of there's a a feverish uh, fan base for that game that plays it online. And there's a reason why uh, EA Sports created it and put it uh, rewind Mm -hmm. in their NHL, what, 2021, whatever it is, the recent release. Um. So with that being out, there's a lot of fans that want to play it on the Switch, want to play EA games. And myself being a fan of EA Sports games, I know the Switch can't do what they put on the bigger consoles, the other consoles. Mm-hmm. I know that. The only way that I'm going to be able to play it on my Switch is it one, either they bring it over via xCloud, let's say, if xCloud mm-hmm. comes to the Switch. Yeah. Or... Uh, or they just bring over NHL Rewind to the Switch by itself and sell it. Yeah. And with the numbers of, that they sold, um, th- we're thinking that there's there's enough fans that it could be. I don't know about buying more Switches, but at least you know there's more there's more fans who maybe didn't buy a Switch who are playing it on their PC because they can mm-hmm. go there maybe we'll buy the switch and also NHL 94 rewind if it came out for the switch yeah. to play yeah. it there. For so sure. there's a fan base there just that would 
bring up more numbers, but not that 30 million you guys are talking about, obviously. What? What? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we're going to get there. Speaking of, of how we get there in the sales, one of the things that I found very interesting in this, in this report, I want to call out. Um, and again, not a shocker. We're, we were in a pandemic. We weren't allowed to leave houses, right? We weren't allowed to go anywhere. Uh, digital sales are up by 8%. And so for the f- f- fiscal year uh, of 2021, uh, digital digital sales were at 42.8%. Uh, so that is up 8% from uh, 2020. Uh, so interesting enough, we continue to see that march on digital sales. Uh, and again, of course, if you're not able to leave the house or Amazon's not showing up at your door, this is probably how you're getting a lot of it. It'll be interesting to see that intent, that number continues to grow uh, for Nintendo and has quarter over quarter as well. And I think that we're going to see that uh, occur as well. Gentlemen, we've talked a lot about, is there any other big numbers, Jesse, you want to talk about before we maybe start talking about how we reach, how Nintendo reaches 190 million? We've talked a little bit about maybe some theories, but what, anything else? Um, I can't think of anything. You know, at the end of the report, they always show upcoming games of both yeah, first party and, and third party. And mm-hmm. like the majority of the games listed were games that came already came out in April. So, uh, yeah. but you know, th- those things that they've added, Whereas the Project Triangle strategy for 2022, mm-hmm. you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus for 2022, and then the the same three TBA games that they've been on the list for a year are still here. You know, Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, and the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, a couple of the things that, that they have called out. And this is, you know, this is the interesting part. Um, and, and what they have called out here is is their product announcements or or their their communication they have done now is from April to June. So what they have identified here is the new Nintendo Switch Lite with the, what is called the new blue color, um, and that's coming blurple coming out on May <laughs> May twenty first. Now I think that like there is there is a market for that right. Anytime we put out a variant right, whether it's Nintendo Switch Lite or Nintendo Collector's Edition. There's there are those collectors out there who would just go buy it no matter what. Every time yeah, I see this, I think Bobby I've, Paul's right because he always yes. had every Switch Lite. And God bless thing. that guy. I yes. showed my son a picture of the the new the new Switch Lite. In fact, I think yep. it was from your uh, thumbnail when we talked about it, mm. um, Tim. And he goes, "Is that Switch photoshopped?" I'm like, "No, no, that Switch is real. Everything else on that picture is photoshopped." <laughs> <laughs> nice, right? Uh, so other games they have announced here is April 30th, obviously, Pokemon Snap and Gentlemen. We'll be hearing all about your Pokemon snapping and taking photos like some weirdos uh, very soon. So I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, May 30 or sorry, May 21st uh, is Metopia coming out. And then yesterday, uh, Nintendo announced Game Builder Garage, which we're going to spend a lot more time talking about later today. And then Super Mario or sorry, Mario Kart, Mario Golf, Mario Golf, not Mario Kart, Mario Golf. I've seen golf carts, Mario, Mario golf, golf, Super Rush. Those are the four games that Nintendo is kind of saying, these is what we got between April and June. And then that saying leaves that a, DC Superhero Girls Teen Power isn't going to. Listen, I'm looking at the picture that Nintendo has provided. <laughs> OK, I'm not scrolling. Well, they also had Zelda in that picture, too, don't they? No, they don't. Page 15 of the document because they're only they're only capturing April to June. Oh, well, I thought I saw something. Well, I, I don't think you did. Sorry, I don't think you did. Uh, Tim, as you look at this lineup, is this going to help uh, Nintendo get there? Uh, is this going to help them get there in the first half? No. In the yep. second half. Oh, why the second half, Tim? 
because it's the holidays. They always have something up their sleeve in this in the holidays. Plus, you got and, the Pokemon stuff. So hopefully, we'll find out in a month. Yes. Yeah, and I would I would argue I think Pokemon Snap will help them with that. I'm sure those those sales numbers will be will be pretty strong when they come out as well. Um, but I don't think like Metopia Game Builder or Mario Kart or gosh darn it. That's like a, a, a Freudian, Freudian slip, right? <laughs> I don't think Mario Golf is going to banger that number up to where it needs to be. Um, Another Freudian slip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They'll sell 15 million Shimagami Tenseis. Oh my gosh, get out of here, you. No, there's, here. We've, we've been talking about it. I think we mentioned it in the prediction show that, and I probably say this every year, but there's... Last year was a fluke anyways, but this year I mentioned too that there's something up their sleeve. We don't know what it is. Obviously, they've hide it well. They're hiding it well, but there's something up their sleeve. Definitely. And it's probably going to be for the holiday. It'll be interesting, It'll be interesting. how many games I add to this list in three months. That That is it, right? Like, I think I, I do... And traditionally, like, as we look at, at their, like, like, cause it's funny. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, where's Zelda? We haven't heard about it. What's going on? Nintendo has like an entire 11 months <laughs> to get Nintendo to, does to what Nintendo does. Yeah. To get to, to get to the number they projected, they've literally got 11 months to get there. Um, they're not showing all their cards at once. That's not how they work. They want to, they want to show you the one thing i want you to focus on the one thing really really focus on this we're going to put all of our energy behind this and when this is gone here is a new thing you need to focus on right they're very much stacked that way of how they they do not they do not typically let their products overshadow the product they're selling right so this nintendo, is why it's, go ahead nintendo Tim. doesn't want we don't how do i want to put this nintendo the reason why I say what Nintendo does and Nintendo does is because they live on their own time. They don't, they don't live by their fans or anything like that. They don't live by or their competition or their competition. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what they're doing. It doesn't matter what's going on. Nintendo will release when they feel like they're going to release it or no, yeah. they can, for instance, like COVID, right? That through, yeah. they were like, okay, we're just going to hold up everything yeah, regardless of what's happening. So it's just going to be Nintendo will launch whatever it is they got up their sleeve when they're ready to launch it. We've read reports before of them holding things back because there was no need to do it like new game boys in America, because there was no need to do it or the next system or whatever, you know? So because the, because of another system selling well, which is, could be the case here. The switch is blowing up. Mm -hmm. Switch is doing really well. Why do they need to bring anything else out? And Mm -hmm. plus, you know, we got the, uh, processing shortages, processor mm-hmm. shortages, and all that microchip shortages, and all that kind of stuff. So, they're not going to do anything in regards to pushing something out just because fans are asking for it. Yep. They're going to do it when they're ready to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, they're 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 really, um, I think, uh, a master class in strategic, you know, like marketing focus, yep. right? They and do it when they when think they we're to. gonna when when they, yep. we think they we want it. Yeah. And we don't know we want it. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, that's exactly it too. And I think they also do a really good job. And one of the things I do appreciate about them is that unlike a lot of companies, and they have had some misses when they don't do this well, is they do the, and, and I'm gonna, I don't mean to be rude here, Tim, I'm going to pick on Metroid Prime 4. 
it's so rare for Nintendo to flash a title card and say in development, because typically when they do that, that comes around and bites them, right? They are, they are a company that is more likely to say this game is out in six months, right? There are two occasions where they've done that, at least that I can recall that it has kind of bit them. Metroid Prime 4 and the original Breath of the Wild. Right, both of those ended up biting them. Both of those ended up ended up getting pushed back. And no, they they were Bayonetta. great. And Bayonetta, right? Bayonetta, Very yeah. rare. Yeah, sorry, there's three. Very rarely <laughs> does Nintendo do that because because what happens is then the fans are like, "Where is it? Where is Bayonetta three? Where is Metroid Prime 4? And the reality is, what they want to say is, "Here's a game. It's available in six months. That's what you need to focus on." Well, the other game that they've done this too, but we all expect it is Zelda games. We know that you know, hey, just a hint of what's going on. We know it's. We know it's going to take forever. It'll launch when it's going to launch. So when they did it with the Prime 4 and Bayonetta 3 and any of those other games, it always catches off, us off guard yep. because of the, the fact that they don't release or say anything until, you know, six months at the most, it seems like. So oh, yeah. That uh, Mecha Dr- us about Final Fantasy VII remake. That was like four yeah. or five years. Yeah, exactly. Announcement and release. Yeah, and and uh, Mecha Dragon. Did they make a I'm sorry video with Breath of the Wild? They did uh, for that delay as well. And thank you, Third Strongest Mole, for keeping me honest. Breath of the Wild Two is also a now in development announcement as well. And that's why we're all like, and when is it? So no, maybe we'll that's what it. I was saying. Zelda ones we expect. At least I yeah. do. I, I know that it's not going to be on time, or they, they don't even say a date. They just said it's coming out. So yeah. You know, those things we expect from Zelda because they've done that for years, you know, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it's just the other ones. It was just like, although they did do the videos, I'm sorry, videos, we knew kind of what to expect with Metroid Prime now with it, knowing that they scrapped whatever it was they scrapped and then Retro Studios took over. Yeah. And then that'll come out when it's ready. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of Metroid and speaking of a fantastic segue, ladies and gentlemen, this last week comes a couple massive tech giants decide to battle out or continue to battle out in court. And that is Apple and Epic. And uh, as legal proceedings happen to go, sometimes information gets opened up, PowerPoints, uh, strategic uh, initiatives, uh, things, outcomes, plans, all this kind of stuff to be put in front of the judge and the jury as part of the evidence. A.K.A. During, made public record. <laughs> A.K.A. made public record. And A.K.A. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Monday was the day that Tim cried, Try, <laughs> cried those deep, deep tears of Metroid because it was revealed that indeed Metroid Prime or Metroid Samus, Samus was being looked at as a skin to add to Fortnite uh, as part of kind of around that initiative or when we saw Master Chief and Kratos arrive uh, right around Game Awards last year, 2020. Now, there was no confirmed date of Metroid was indeed occurring. There was no um, skin drafts that we saw. There was none of that, but rather just kind of a, I guess, a a slide, a holder on a slide to demonstrate it as well. Uh, Tim, a resident Metroid fan, how do you feel about this? What was the point of that? I mean, if it was in their documents still, what's the what's the point of that being there in regards to Epic and Apple battling it out? I didn't understand that part, which not necessarily tears. I was making me more angry. Mm. Yeah, I was confused so, about why that was even brought up. The, what, the article I read said that, the you know, Tim Sweeney, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, is, you know, prefers to play mobile over Switch. Just because when you're not home, the Switch natively doesn't have network where a phone mm-hmm. would, and you'd still need the phone 
to pair for it to, to, to pair it to have that work so and he and he even fumbled with joycon and uh you know said you know, I'm, obviously i'm not a switch player and i think the i don't i think one of the attorneys even said that's understandable <laughs> neither am i <laughs> so right yeah so it it was beyond just that particular piece all of this is just ridiculous especially how the court's been handling the documentation and all that kind of stuff but that's probably no whole other topic mm-hmm. uh, to get into but in regards to the metroid thing it's it's kind of it's cool to see that they were trying to do something with nintendo it's a bummer that nothing happened and I would have been more excited if I didn't know about this and then it just dropped if it actually allowed to, you know, but now that's kind of ruined because it's like, okay, maybe they are still working on it and then it will eventually drop at some point, you know, and because I was hoping it would be there when the Samus uh, or excuse me, the Kratos and the Master Chief was there. I was like, oh, where's, where's, where's the Nintendo one? Would it be Samus? Oh, that'd be so awesome. I was ready to blow my money on whatever Samus thing came out. Yeah. But um, it didn't happen. And and to see probably something else stupid is going to come up that'll make me even mad about it. Like maybe maybe Epic was ready to pull the trigger and Nintendo changed their mind for some reason or, you know, because Nintendo's done that before. Yep. Where they're ready to partner up and do something and they just decide to change their mind and say, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. You know, so whatever. Y- <laughs> yeah. And and that's a great point, right? Like, you know, we are all like, oh man, it kind of makes awesome timing for when Master Chief is there and Kratos is there. For all we know, this could be part of some part of Nintendo strategy here in 2021 as, you know, hey, by the way, when we release, we're releasing um, the Metroid Prime collection. And by the way, we're celebrating Metroid in different ways. And did you know Metroid is now available in, you know, uh, Fortnite? And by the way, there's yeah. a new Metroid Lego set. Like there could be a whole celebration they're putting around it because yeah, I think you- it's, it's a character made, that it's a character that like they haven't done a lot of work with. So to be like, hey, we've got Metroid and you'd literally just throw in a battle royale. Like, I think that might actually anger Metroid fans more than anything else. Well, you did remind me of something, too, that it's possible. It's possible that Metroid was going to come out alongside something Nintendo was going to do. And it got uh pulled back because of that and put on hold. And maybe Epic was working with them to do something as well. At the same time, Nintendo was going to originally launch Metroid yeah. Prime 4 um, or whatever they were going to do with Trilogy. If that was something, whatever Nintendo's plan with Metroid was, mm-hmm. could have been reason why it got put on hold. And maybe it still will come out closer to the time, marketing wise, where mm-hmm. Nintendo's going to start focusing on Metroid. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's still sh- in the plans, but yeah, when it exactly. Drops, hopefully, it'll be a surprise again. <laughs> yeah, it'll be cool. I'd love to see that, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Legos, toys, and interesting things, Nintendo is at it again. And ladies and gentlemen, yesterday, we probably should have known this was coming, right? When we're like, oh, it's a day before their investors meeting. Boy, they feel like they have a bit of a thin catalog. What can they do? Ta-da! Nintendo shows up in the most Nintendo-esque toy maker way where it announces what I'm almost calling. I've du- I've dubbed this kind of Labo 2.0, and this is called Game Builder Garage. And I know Tim wants to agree with you for reasons, and I disagree with it. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about Game Builder Garage. Learn to make games from the minds at Nintendo with Game Builder Garage for the Nintendo Switch. Programming made fun for all ages. There's guided lessons on how to build seven games like Tag Showdown on a Roll and Thrill Racer. Create games with free programming and you can share codes with friends. You can download their games and share yours as well. 
Um, open, open them or open up the, or, sorry, play them or open up the hood, collaborate on them together up to eight players uh, coming out on June 11th. This is the same week as E3, by the way, and is currently available on the um, eShop for $30 USD. It's third, or sorry, I apologize, $29.99 USD. It's $39.99 in the Great White North. Um, Tim, what do you think of this? I think it's really cool, actually. It's, um, it's, I, I want to gauge where my kids are going to feel about this. Well, I can't call them kids anymore they're now teenagers so <laughs> but they're, all, they're uh, always kids i still yeah, call my kids kids and they're 21 and 20 true very true but um <laughs> i'm interested in it too i kind of want to play around with it and build games with it it's kind of like you know nintendo's virgin version of dream uh for the playstation uh where i know a lot of people were talking about that and mm-hmm. uh and i was interested in that as well but um yeah this this is fantastic, especially for getting kids into the coding aspect or understanding coding mm-hmm. um, in in that type of thing. So, yeah, and I'm also excited about it because of the potential of it being a Labo 2.0, because mm-hmm. it is something I did wildcard predict in, my, in the 2021 predictions. So I was like, hmm, this is going to be Labo 2.0, right? Right. Yeah, and I, and I I and here's the thing, and I hate to say this because you know that I am the three time, three time, three time. Jesse Nintendo has a Dad's counterpoint to that champion for our bets, and ladies and gentlemen, I am pretty sure that the belt is being passed from the Great White North down to that Michigan sweet sweet beer that is Tim, because man, he is on a hot streak right now. You, sir, Jesse Waldack. You are out of order. You do not get to debate me on this. I am throwing it down. I think Tim is right. He is 100% right. What was your, Jesse? You had a good so, point. What was it? Yeah, so someone go, Someone in the chat goes, do you consider Labo the, the cardboard part? Or do you consider Labo the creativity and with entertainment? Oh. And I'm like, I, I considered Labo creativity and entertainment with the cardboard. Otherwise, we just call this Lego 155.4. <laughs> So I'm not calling this Labo 2.0. I would prefer to call this the Labo Killer. Yep. The, I don't this, know. Is I... Taking, this is taking technology that was originally developed for Labo. With a, Correct. You know, something that I, I've never played with because I never opened up a Labo kit. So I never put anything together. But I, you know, saw the, the tools that they had to say, you know, if you want, if, if someone pushes left on the Joy-Con, it can make your little bug vibrate a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, by, by connecting nodes to actions, et cetera, which is kind of exactly what this thing is, except for mm-hmm. with on-screen objects instead of physical objects. Yeah. I think this is such a great idea. And I'm looking at our chat. I know we're going through here, uh, quickly scrolling through. Yeah, uh, Chris of- mentions his son is super excited for it. Antonio mentions it as well. Uh, I think who else oh. we got here? We got a couple. And I've seen, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of comments from parents saying, this is awesome. I yes. do think this is great. And I think the price tag is actually really good too. Uh, like this, I mean, Nintendo could be like, oh, it's an $80 game and no one would buy it. But putting it like a price point of $30 or $40, that's pretty approachable. Um, I think this is, I think this is fantastic. Um, it, it is, you know, I think someone said it's like scratch for Nintendo. 
Great content. Yes, I see you, Timothy Alf. Uh, yes, uh, number one uh, fan. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to read what Nick Nick's reply was to Jesse's thing about the Labo killer. And he said in our Discord, he said, it depends on what defines Labo for you. If it's the cardboard, yep, it's the killer. If it's the creativity and building stuff, then it really is 2.0. Mm-hmm. But then Jesse did come back and say, I define it as the use of cardboard for creativity and building. Otherwise, Labo could just be called Lego 155.4. <laughs> okay. Which yeah, I said stuff. that earlier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you did. Uh I, I think this is great. Um this is this is Nintendo quintessentially being Nintendo. Yes. Um, I think this is gonna do well. Uh, I think like any schools that have switches as part of their learning, learning platforms that they may have had for when they had labos brought in. Um, I know Mr. Vec uh, was a big fan of it as well. Uh, one of the, one of our guests uh, from a long time ago, he had done a lot of labo and STEM kind of creativity. I think at any school that has yes. these consoles in their uh, offices will be picking up this. This will be used by teachers in, in development, right? Any way we can get, you know, people or kids learning programming more and understanding it and its basics is such a great thing. So I think this yeah. is so, so awesome. I think my daughter is going to love this. She's kind of like programming every once in a while as well. She played with a little bit on um, the iPad. Um, so I think this is going to be super cool. Yep. Yeah, I thought and I, I do those... hope. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I hope that they keep like the Labo stuff, if not for public consumption, for an educational consumption. Because uh, I thought they did have a separate page for that for educational purposes, but if they don't, they should totally come up with a Nintendo education, you know, Nintendo.com slash education site for teachers to be able to go to and maybe get more of the cardboard mm-hmm. kits to do Labo still on yeah. top of this coming out and be able to do that there yeah, and keep I building think. on it. I, I saw I saw Arlo's video kind of talking about it, his opinions on it. And he's one of his things was, is this like really programming so far? It just looks like connecting dots. And my, my thoughts were, uh, yeah, that's kind of how modern programming is. It isn't just typing code and letting it run. You know, like, you know, unit, I think that's a big part of unity is, you know, connecting, you know, an action to a method or a function literally by drawing a line and connecting two yep. dots and back when i did ios programming bef- you know back in iphone you know i before they called it ios it was like iphone os 2 and mm-hmm. I, iphone os 3 um there was a lot of that it was similar you know i'd, I'd type the code to d- design the functions and then i'd draw have the ui of what i want the screen to look like and literally connecting if if this is pushed do this yeah. So, yeah, the, the, this is part of real programming. Yeah, I think this I think this very much like something like a Mario maker, um, I think is going to have just a, a, a real community around it as well. Right. I think there's going to be a lot of like, hey, check out this game and play this game. And here's yeah. a code and share. Right. Like, I just love this. And and giving enabling or giving, you know, I think this is very much um, the commentary, uh, Tim, around the game dreams as well. Right giving fans, giving creative individuals, the platforms, the tools to do things, I think is really empowering to see what comes of it. Right. And there are sub communities now, like, you know, is this going to sell 190 million units? No. Right. 
but it doesn't need to. This is one of those, like, this is Nintendo quintessentially being Nintendo and being that toy maker, which I think is so critical. I, and I'm I'm excited. Like, this game excites me from my kids' perspective, right? I think it's going to be really awesome. I think there's so much education in it. And then I'm really excited to see the community that comes around of it, of like, oh, here's the game that you can try. And here's something I built. So it's awesome as well. Uh, I want to give a big special shout out. Uh, Jesse, maybe you can get a bumper ready. I see that we have an individual in our chat room uh, who may go, may have, who was excited to call you Eric. Uh, welcome, John from the Mega Dads. <laughs> we sound Jesse. like the goddamn Nintendo Dads all of a sudden. Good, excellent. Thank you, John, for being here. Appreciate it. Good to see the Mega Dads. Uh, it's nice to pop by and see what an actual podcast looks like. All right, so let's uh, let's continue to move forward <laughs> in our uh, day as well. Uh, Jesse, let's see here. Nintendo President Animation. We were looking into it. Not just Mario. Let's do stuff. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it was, it's uh, actually just a comment that was brought up. I'm not sure where, but it was um, in our information that uh, the president, Nintendo's president brought that up, that they were going to be concentrating on doing other animation other than Mario, the movie. Mm-hmm. And I also was wondering if it was connected to the Illumination founder, Chris uh, Melandandri, set to join Nintendo's board. Um and there's actually a connection. We have a comment too from uh, Jesus in regard from our Patreon who brought it up there. Let's do it. And, and he uh, he said Nintendo wants to make more animation. Well, excuse me, princess. In all sincerity, wouldn't that be pretty cool? Imagine a tie-in game to the animated series F Zero: Bounty Hunter, starring Captain Falcon, or Kirby and his friends, amazing friends, where the star isn't Kirby, but they get showcased in the new game. The tie-ins. He's just excited about, obviously, merchandise, music, apparel, Nintendo World, business, Justin. How many Pikmin is this going to sell? We already have Pikmin shorts. Let's make it a feature film and we can start selling more Pikmin plushies. The Adventures of Lost Bulber, Borb, Bulberb. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is going to be bigger than Disney. <laughs> Slow down. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's make it happen and don't say anything about Captain N. That was a younger, inexperienced Nintendo. They can do it this time. They have no, the fun. That wasn't even Nintendo. Someone yes. else did that animation just with <laughs> Nintendo's permission to use characters, but didn't tell them how to use them. Yes. But they they are on that trajectory, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as big as Disney yet, but they always said they've always looked up to Disney ever since they started. And that's why they did cards for Disney. They brought them over to Japan for them. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, um now doing their own stuff and and then also they always looked up to apple as well so those two big companies they've always looked up to um at some point throughout their history they're doing a lot of the same things and i was going to mention that earlier in regards to the the gaming um garage thing was that again they created something nobody asked for but they did it and said here we know a lot of you are going to like it. A lot of you parents are going to like this. And maybe your kids who are interested in this and they already have a Nintendo Switch will want to get this and start programming games. And then obviously you've got all of us Nintendo fans who are going to want to do something with it as well. Mm-hmm. So again, it was something we didn't know we wanted. They gave it to us. So that's an Apple thing. And then, of course, with the animation, theme parks and all that, that's a Disney thing. So, yes, I do think that this all ties in together with all that stuff. Yeah, I think they could. I mean, I I don't disagree with this. I think I'd love to see them create more more 
animation more of that i think what they could really do and i think the point that you're kind of you're kind of referencing here is leaning into franchises that right now don't really get the same level of love right and one of the things that nintendo talked about for their mobile strategy was introducing games on their mobile platforms is kind of like a oh if you love it here on our mobile did you know we also have video games where you could play this there right so could you see a, a netflix series on something like you know star fox uh, and i think that star fox animation they had done at the release of the most recent star fox was pretty amazing also Right. I think like all of us were like, could we just could we just have that? <laughs> like, could we just have that animated right. series? Yeah. Um, because I think they could use some of these animation series or, or these, you know, shorts or whatever to kind of like reinvigorate or reintroduce a franchise to people who either don't know it that well. Right. Or to kind of begin to temper the waters and, or, or test the waters and say, is there a market for this before we begin to invest into development time as well? Or if you can do it really well, can you like kind of do the Marvel-esque? opportunity which is can i tie in an animated short or a tv show a 12 episode run on netflix to the cliffhanger and by the way season two is out on the nintendo switch as a game that you play do you know what I mean and, and, and like there's a connective tissue kind of what we saw in the marvel universe of it happened in the movies how does it show up on agent to see shield right this kind of like cross cross medium uh stories that are being told could nintendo find a franchise that they can do that with where it's, I mean, you don't do that with Mario. You're not going to do it with Zelda because these are like top tiers, but could you do it with like a, a Star Fox? Could you do it with a Pikmin? Could you do it with something not, you know, somewhere in the, the tiers that could use some support as well? I think that would be a very interesting place for them to play. John says Pilot Wings, the movie. Oh, sign me up. Sign <laughs> me up. I had a comment for that, but it's it's not a comment I can make here because it's a family friendly show. But just think of the Samuel L. Jackson uh, snakes in the plane. Mm -hmm. But think Goombas on the plane. Oh wow! 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 Get them off my plane. If anyone, if anyone's, <laughs> if anyone who's listening to this right now can Photoshop a Samuel L. Jackson snakes in a plane image, but with Goombas. <laughs> send that into Nintendo dads and the first person that gets one into us, I'm going to send you a $20 eShop gift card. Dang. All right. That is what we're doing. Let's <laughs> or, go. Let's get or, it going. Or use the game maker app to make a game based on that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> get the Goombas off the plane game. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Exactly. Send that over to uh, at nintendodads at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. And that is Nintendo Dads. Again, the first person who can do a really good show, photoshopped image of Sam Jackson replaced with Goombas saying, get these blankety Goombas off my plane. $20 Nintendo shop, e, uh, Nintendo eShop gift card. All right, let's move on to a couple other things we've got as well to talk about. We have got some upcoming games we're going to run through really quickly uh, to make sure that we are aware of some upcoming releases. Upcoming releases to be aware of that have been announced. Wonder Boy Asha in uh, Monster World is announced for May 28th. Um, so that's coming up at the end of the month. This week as well, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 was announced for the Nintendo Switch on June 25th. Tim, are you excited for this year's skateboarder? fan aren't you of this kind of genre or am i just making some assumptions about no you? i i love this stuff because i played a lot of it i played a lot of those games and my younger days um because i couldn't actually skateboard <laughs> so but i i enjoy the the look of it and the you know the music from it and all that kind of stuff and hung out with a couple people that used to skateboard all the time so okay. 
but uh yeah but as far as the games go i especially the pro skater one and two i did buy it for the playstation 4 and um i don't know if i'm gonna double dip though Mm -hmm. i'm i think i might though because i didn't play as much as i wanted to on the playstation 4 and pro skater i can play wherever i want on the switch so i probably will buy it on there so (laughs) but yeah and and i'll be talking about the games i've been playing that's another skating game but uh skating game but um yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it it is coming out five days after my birthday so it's probably something i'll have on my birthday wish list nice excellent (laughs) excellent and uh, the other one to announce as well, uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout has been delayed with the to be determined, but they did say that when it is releasing, it will have releasing on crossplay on uh, all consoles as well. Um, disappointed about this one, but that's okay. I was expecting to see Fall Guys at the beginning of August of this year uh, because I believe Sony had a one-year exclusivity deal with them. So uh, early August 2021 is what I was thinking, but you know, sure, look at if you can go and get crossplay because this game needs to have crossplay. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a game that needs to have crossplay. And by the way, you got all the epic money behind you. You've got all the infrastructure who does Fortnite. You've got all the infrastructure of Psyonix who does Rocket League. You know how to do this properly. So this game is going to be in the same, like, I think, category as you look at the housing that Epic's doing for their games. Um, I'm excited for this game. Disappointed I have to wait. But, you know, sure, look at I've got enough games to play. And I'm excited for when it shows up as well. Well, they're probably just waiting for the pro to come out, then they'll release it. So that could be, that could exactly be it, right? Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, shall we move on to let's discuss Jesse? All right, let's discuss stuff. That. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just read through the chat. I was like, quick enough? <laughs> holy cow, what just happened there? What just happened? <laughs> All right. Uh, this question comes in the 2021 video game uh, Hall of Fame inductees. The field of finalists include classics like Guitar Hero Pole Position? Pole Position. Pole Position. Yes, Never we're not talking that? about anything. We don't This not is about not anything a dirty. Dad's After Dark show, right? Nope. No, this is a racing it's, game. It's a racing game from. Like nice try, games. Justin. Nice, nice try. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're both lying to me, and I also feel like if I Google pole position, I'm going to get some inappropriate stuff. So I don't feel like I trust I either of you. I don't disagree that that might happen, but right. we're Very talking true. about we're talking about an arcade game. I think yes. okay. it's from Sega. It was one of my first racing games I have ever played. In fact, yeah, it was my first first racing game I played. Pole position at home. Yeah, on the 5200. Yeah, racing up and down the pole. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> All right. Portal and Farmville are also included on that list as well. Uh, the Strong National Museum of Play has announced the 2021 inductees in the uh, video game Hall of Fame, including Animal Crossing, StarCraft, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yes. You know what that means? You are the Nintendo Dads and Guests 2021 Nintendo Game, Nintendo Dads Video Games Hall of Fame inductees. Each of the Nintendo dads and guests, if there is one, what are you putting in your Hall of Fame for video games? Yeah. So a reminder, last year at this time, or actually they did it earlier than last year, because I think we didn't do this until June. Mm-hmm. But uh, last year, 2020 inductees, we decided to create the Nintendo dads video game Hall of Fame. And we had a list of games then, and okay. which was, and I'll remind you what those were. Last year, you picked Super Mario Brothers 2. 
Jesse picked Donkey Kong, the arcade game. Marty picked Mega Man 2 for the NES. Gary picked Tetris for the Game Boy. I picked The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. Mm. Roger picked Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. And Zach picked Pokemon Red version uh, and Pokemon Blue version for the Game Boy. We invited Zach? Uh, he was a guest, I, I think, thought, at some point, I and that's why he the got doors. The- Oh my god, really? <laughs> He's now guest status. No. <laughs> no, he oh you know, he he shows up whenever. You know, okay. he's like the the Bruce Wayne of of Nintendo heads, I yeah. guess. He shows up whenever. On his hammock in his yard. On his hammock, yeah. All right. All right. Sure look at now. Let's get into this thing. Um So yeah, so for 2021, what are our inductees into the video the Nintendo Dads video game hall of fame? And I reached out and actually asked the other show hosts, too, as well. So if you want a little time to think about it, I'll mention what they picked. And and then we'll get to what Marty also picked and then get to you guys. So I'll go backwards here, starting with John Datfast on RetroLogic. He picked Harvest Moon for the Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dan picked... From also retro logic, Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. I Dan has now become my favorite um, of all the <laughs> other guests of the other hosts. Dan is now my favorite. I'm not even hiding that. I love you. All Dan. right, all right. Sean picked uh, from our you know in Dead Crossing crew. Um, he picked Street Fighter Two Turbo for the Super Nintendo. Nick has to stew on his a little bit, so he'll get back to us on that. Drew from the Dad's After Dark show, he picked GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. Drew has also become my second favorite now. (laughs) John from also the Dad's After Dark show. He wrote a novel. He actually gave us a whole explanation of why he picked this. Oh my God. But he wrote, I am nominating, which I don't think he understood, but this is basically, this is going in. Mike Tyson's punch out for the Nintendo. So he's put that into the hall of fame for the Nintendo dads. And he said, this is one of the greatest adaptions of an arcade game ever made and unarguably better than the original, not just a great sports game, but a great strategy game and puzzle game too. figuring out the tells and tactics to beat each of the unique boxers was a load of fun. Working your way up the ranks provided so much unexpected storyline too with encouraging between rounds advice from your trainer, Doc. Training sessions running by the Statue of Liberty and even revisiting boxers bent on revenge, such as like Piston, Honda, and Don Flamenco. Playing as Little Mac put you in the mindset of the underdog. Each undercut and knockdown, excuse me, uppercut and knockdown made you feel like you were taking down Goliath, and each time you got knocked down to the mat filled you with a determination for revenge. The game is a fun and playable the game is as fun and playable today as it was over 30 years ago. It hasn't aged one single bit. And its inclusion of Mike Tyson as the final boss, perhaps as fearsome to the gamers as he was in person to the other boxers, was implemented so spe- spectacularly that he still fills me with dread today, especially in his HDMI lagged glory. And he said <laughs> this is a perfect 10 out of 10 or in Nintendo Dad terms of 11 out of 10. <laughs> nice 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 
So, and with that, it comes back around to us. And Marty, while he was off, quickly said, Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U slash Switch is his inductee. Jesse? Yeah, I thought, I was, I was thinking more classic, you know, like what game paved the way for other games. So, and my first thought was Dragon Quest, which looking back on it is not a very good game. It had a lot of problems that expect kind of expected. If this is the first time you ever release a console RPG, there's been PC based RPGs before, but this is like the first one that I know of that was released on a console. So definitely has more limitations than the PC. But uh, so of the first generation, I would think the, the it's kind of widely agreed upon that Dragon Quest three is the best of the first set of games. So that would be my nomination. Mm. Okay. Dragon Quest 3? Yes. Okay. For which system? NES. NES. Is that the only system it was on? No. Okay. <laughs> it's been re-released a few times, but I'm going with the, the, the original classic implementation. The original. Gotcha. All right. All right, sir. Do you have one yet? I do. I do, Tim. There have been some bangers that have been out there. Do you know what I mean? We have got Donkey Kong Country on that list. I love it. Goldeneye. I love it. These are amazing games. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a game that deservedly needs to be in this Hall of Fame. That needs to be able to raise the cup above every other game. This game was on so many different consoles. You can even hear the groundswell for it. You can hear the rumbling for it. You can hear the shaking of the boards. You can hear the stomping of the feet. You can hear the the crowd cheering from the top of the stadium as the puck drops. Of course, it's NHL 94! (laughs) (laughs) For which system? It's got to be Super Nintendo. All right. NHL 94, Super Nintendo. You just made yep. Chris a happy man. Yeah, you just, made, you just made a friend. Right? <laughs> You're now his favorite dad, Nintendo dad, I'm sure. Darn right. <laughs> well, you can, I mean, Canadian, right? You can't say not say NHL 94, right? Like, come on. There you go. All right. So for mine, I'm going to induct the um, a game that we've actually been talking about a lot and debating whether or not it should be uh, in the retro rewind, considering how hard it is to get if you don't have it, or you have to play the mobile version or Steam version, and that is Chrono Trigger. That's why I saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> Chrono Trigger, I think, has to be in there because it holds up today. Mm. Where you play the Super Nintendo version, even I'm sure the crap I haven't played them, but even the crappy versions, you can still get probably still enjoy. And play, but if you can play it in the Super Nintendo or you can buy the DS version, whatever version you can buy. In fact, I saw somebody selling a uh, what was that? Re- not remastered, what do they call it? It wasn't the original, they put it in a SNES cart where you can play it on your Super Nintendo oh, reproduction. Re- reproduction, yes. So you can actually buy a reproduction version of it. I don't know how well that works. They say it works well, of course, they do, they want to sell it, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm going to say same thing as the mother three cart that Marty and I have and I'm obviously <laughs> a repo because it never existed. <laughs> so 
So, but I'm going to say it's the DS version that I'm going to put in the induct in, in, in the Hall of Fame because the SNES one all, was obviously the first one to come out, but the DS one included some of the enhanced visuals in the game and didn't take away from the original. So, which included the hand drawn animated cutscenes that were originally introduced with the PlayStation 1 version, but that version had such slow, awful loading times kind of wasn't playable. Right. Yet yep. I managed to play it. That's the first time I beat the game is the PS1 <laughs> version. You got through it. But I yes, that, that is my inductee. That is in my inductee into our Hall of Fame. Great stuff. So if we have any other guests, I'm sure we can ask them. And of course, we can get uh, from Gary and Zach. And of course, Nick will get theirs as well. But for now, that's what we have. Fair enough. All right. Let's head over to what we've been playing. All right, Jesse, Marty is not here. I want to make sure you're aware that Marty is not here, Jesse, but it's Jesse and Tim who are here. And that's the important thing with me. Um, so here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse and Tim, I have I see you both have quite a list of games on here. Uh, I appreciate it. But ladies and gentlemen, the reason that people actually came here, uh, other than uh, just the numbers and the energy and the enthusiasm, is to hear you two gentlemen talk about the Pokemon Snap. And that's why they're here. That's what they want to know. They want to know your impression of the Pokemon Snap. Uh, Nintendo was kind enough to send us a copy of Pokemon Snap. Uh, so, gentlemen, I am going to provide you the floor. Uh, I'm going to then close my eyes for a good 30 minutes, I assume, and uh, and re-wake up when you're done and uh, not really care about Wobble Puffets or what? Pikachus you don't, or... You don't, don't want know to know about the, the snapping of the Pokemon? I don't really care. Wobble you know? Puffet? Wobble Puffet? That's exactly it. But I want to hear about you two and how this has been going. So the floor <laughs> is yours. Tell us this is or what Pokemon this is. Tell us about the Pokemon Snap. Well, first of all, if you played this game, you would learn a lot more about Pokemon. But anyways, let's... Uh, <laughs> He's already faded off. All right, so first, how, how far have you gotten? Uh, I just opened up the island some more. So I just got through was that first track of, of doing so it daytime and so nighttime the and the track? illumination. Yeah. I got through finding the first illuminated Pokemon. Okay. I've gotten to the second track dark time. So I'm a little bit farther ahead. Yes. So. so Spoilers. Yeah. So so the the game basically plays like the original game. Which uh, I've never played, by the way. Okay. So it's. It's like a rail shooter, but instead of shooting guns, you're shooting photos out of the camera. So you you do have 360-degree rotation around you, but you're still stuck on the path and you can't deviate from the path. You can't slow down, you can't stop unless the game does it for you. For you. Like sometimes yeah. a Pokemon will run into you. It'll stop. It, that'll always happen. That's not a big surprise. At least the, the first after the first time, it's not a big surprise. <laughs> Right. So the uh, it's, it's, trying to trying to think of what I want to say here. So the, I think the game really has pacing problems. 
thinks I think it's really really slow. Not you know the the actual track itself is fine. That's kind of what I expected, but just the overall story, if there is a story to this game, you, you have to. Of like, course, I, there is. I I haven't found it yet. <laughs> Discovering all the Lumina, uh, Illuminati Pokemon. There, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's got Justin interested now. <laughs> Tell me more about this deep, crazy Illuminati theory <laughs> of the Pokemon. I want to know this world. Now you've got me. Did you know it was all a secret society the entire right. time? It Ash is. was actually the leader of it all. Oh my God. Let me know. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. Come on now. Jeez. Uh. We haven't unlocked that part yet. No, but the, <laughs> the illuminating Pokemon is what you're discovering on this island that we're supposed to be, you know, a myth or a legend. And somehow your character brings them out. And that's what you've discovered. And you're discovering more and more of these illuminated Pokemon. And what they do, especially at night, and you're yeah. filling, and you're figuring out the history behind it. That's the story, essentially. That's what I got so, out of it so far. So, so for each level, each stage, you start off with a daytime run, and then you have a level bar that starts level one. That you you as the better pictures you hit, you take, as in the size fills the the shot better. The Pokemon's looking at you. The Pokemon's doing something unusual. There's more Pokemon in the scene, etc. All these things add additional points. So you get enough of these points cumulatively, you'll get enough points to unlock level two, which then you'll have access to the dark set, the the nighttime path. So it's the same level, maybe a slightly different path, but the Pokemon will, will behave differently. There might be different Pokemon out. Like I don't remember seeing any uh, Ariados spider spider Pokemon in the daytime jungle, but they're all over the place in the nighttime jungle. Yeah, there's <clears throat> definitely different things that come out at night. And th- and then you, once you get, so then that dark the dark path the nighttime path has its own separate bar. You got to level up to level two. Yes, and and that, that was a surprise for me when I saw that. I was like, wait, I've already got to that level. Why am I getting to that same level yeah, it, again? <laughs> it's, it's not a U level. It's a per stage level. And I don't like yeah, that. It's uh, a level. Yeah. yeah. And, and then once you beat the, once you get to level two of the nighttime path, then it unlocks the Illuminous. I forget the term, the exact term they use. So you, you like the, the first one, you're literally following this geranium from start to finish. And that's, all, that's like the only Pokemon around, but he's going in the dark. And that's, so he, that's the, 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 the MacGuffin of the game is to hunt, you know, hunt down these glowing Pokemon, find out why they're glowing, etc., And shoot them and mount them on your wall. Right. Or the pictures. You're talking about these. the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Take shots with your camera and hang them on the wall. <laughs> And, and then once you did that with the first <laughs> island, then it unlocked the second island and this thing looped. So the. That's where the grinding comes in that I was talking about when I was mentioning that this is a game uh, and it has some of those, a little bit of RPG elements like the grinding, I think, like, cause you got to go through some these levels yeah, I, several I times to, to get different pictures. 
I had to beat the day version of Jungle three times before I had enough ex- points to unlock the nighttime. And I, I did not, I did not like that. <laughs> yeah, the I actually game, didn't mind it. I didn't mind I, it that much. I don't, I don't think there was any restrictions on the original game. You, you beat a path, the next path opens. You beat that, the next one opens. Okay. Uh, you didn't have to take pictures of everything. Yeah, there was definitely more gaming. There's, oh, like I said, I never played the original one, but there's definitely some gaming elements here with the grinding, to where you have to get because there's different levels of pictures. There's a one star, two star, three star, four star pictures. And that I you don't understand get. how the game differentiates one or the other. It's just like if you have a one star picture of a Snorlax, and then you take another one star picture of a Snorlax, you can choose which one you want to keep. You'll yeah, probably want but, to keep the one that has the most points but, but they have also little... have on those pictures that you there's one that's designated as this will go for one star and this one will go for a two star so right. and you have so to you, pick you can't pick them both at the same time right. either which right well, i'm saying if, 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 if i do a run and have a level one snorlax and that's it now in my decks the next run i i do something to it and it now is a two star so it yeah. will treat that as a new event. So I have one star and two star. And you can do this. So every Pokemon, you can have up to four pictures saved, one for each star level. Okay. But I don't know what makes the game decide as two star, three right. star, four star. Yeah, I don't know what I have, it either. I have a few threes. I don't have any fours yet. I found a couple fours, which was fine. I, I got those because they were unique pictures when i did the uh scan button and they did something um while i scanned them and caught a picture of them doing that or i caught them in action and doing something that's when i usually get the four stars and this game gives you items to throw to change the pokemon behavior and yes i haven't gotten that yet oh i just got open up the apples sorry so they have an apple which that came out of the first game too that's just, that's basically the same, and then a, a scan technique, which will yeah. add inf- additional information to your HUD. It'll some Pokemon will react to it, and that's Metroid Prime esque to me. Where you and, actually, yeah, have to I, scan. I, one of the things I didn't like about Prime, <laughs> <laughs> and then there are uh, there are things in the world that will say they want they wants you to scan it to get more information like yeah. oh this is, here's a spider web i bet there are spider pokemon somewhere around here and look yeah. up oh there it is okay and and then you also have what's called a, an illumin ball and again i forget the exact word they use and every stage basically has its own color so i i don't know when i get to the third one i'll have to do something to unlock it it won't just automatically be there is my guess yeah and i do you can use the, the, the that orb to cause certain objects, like plants and Pokemon, to light up, and they will probably. I think they'll give you more points. Might add, yep. might be. I get you that four level. star. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and other other things in the game just seems off. So when when you're first when you're loading a level, actually when it goes to a loading screen. You see, like a bunch of lines kind of swoosh across, and these to a mainly white screen with a few small animations as the stage loads, and then you see another swoosh away to load the to actually play the level. The first swoosh is like ten frames a second. It's really distracting and annoying to me. 
Really? Uh, I didn't notice that. I, I, and, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's just trying to load too much too fast because this mm. is, it's just loading, the loading data at this point. The, the swoosh into the level is fine. It's always the swoosh into the loading screen is weird. And then, well, the, mainly the times I play, I'm distracted talking to Sammy too. So maybe I'm not, I'm that, not seeing it. Might, that might help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And, and, and when it comes to judging the photos, it just, it seems to, I don't remember it taking so long with the old game. You could be more, I thought it was a lot snappier. Yeah. This seems yeah. like it goes on for a lot longer than it needs to. And then the fact that there are more Pokemon to take pictures of just makes it all drag out all the longer. It does take a while to get through those. So I, I'm I kind of liking the game. I, I'm not finding this to be great. No, just, uh, Justin, per- Justin perked up that, uh, that I'm still bashing the game a bit. <laughs> yeah, so but I'm, I'm still kind of fighting with it, playing at a level or two a day. But yeah. it it hasn't gotten me to say I must play this game. I actually, and the other way, I do want to keep playing it. I haven't had a chance to because of the you know life sometimes too um, getting in the way, or me wanting to try out some other things, either with Sammy playing games, or I just wanted. To, I sometimes do want to take a break from Pokemon Snap, you know, so I don't play it. Um, but I, I do think about it like, oh, I need to get back there. I want to, you know, explore some more. So I do like the exploring factor of it. Um, and I do, and I do see the gaming elements of it. It is a game. Unlike what Marty said, it's like, he thinks it's just an app (laughs) or it plays like an app where, you know, he doesn't see the game in it, but there's definitely a game in it. It probably just definitely doesn't sound like it's a game for Marty or anybody else who, it doesn't if you if like jesse was saying if you don't like dealing with you know like the like turning in the pictures and it takes too long i don't like that part either turning in the pictures having to get them graded or figuring out which ones you're going to turn in or anything like that that part to me is like that's not the fun part i you know it's just i'm trying to get past it and get it done the arbitrary rule of you can only turn in one picture of a pokemon per run like, yeah. I may have two great Lipard li- pictures. I don't know which one I want to pick. So I have to throw one yeah. away. And, like, that's, that's right. my only option is to try to recreate that picture the next run so I can turn that in. And that never works. Yeah. I, 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 I think I had a three star Lipard one that I, I didn't turn in because I turned in a two star because was, that was new. A two star and a three star were both new, but I picked. The th- two you can star, only thinking, pick one, yeah. Thinking I could reproduce a third star, and the f- next time I tried to reproduce it, I couldn't. Like, oh, that sucks. Dang it, that sucks. Oh, oh, you, oh, you crazy Jesse, thinking that you could, you could do that. <laughs> Everybody knows you can't, you can't, can't do that. I, I wasn't, I really wasn't paying attention. I'm not surprised. All right, All right. Uh, but anyways, I was saying. Uh, that, (laughs) no, but it's, there's definitely, you have to make sure this is a game for you, but I will have to say this. It's going to be more fun for your kids than probably for you. I I was going to say the same thing. So, uh, cause as you saw, if anybody's watched the video I did with Sammy, when I streamed it. He wanted to take over right away. He wanted to do stuff, but he was definitely bored with the same things we were, Jesse. 
with having to go through the pictures, which is why I would highly recommend Nintendo do a patch or a DLC or something that allows you to set a setting that allows it, the game to pick the highest pictures from Just the set you took. Auto pick and keep going. Just auto pick it. I would give me the be points okay with that. And give me the scores so I can move on through the paths. Because I would I would keep playing those paths several times because I liked what I saw when I went in there. It changed every time I went in there. Now, maybe I didn't go in there enough to see it change enough uh, to stop changing it at all. But every time I went in, there was always something new to take a picture of. Something new was happening on the screen that I had to go back and see, oh, what was going on there? And yeah, see, and be able to catch a picture. On that, the first level, I missed a Pokemon altogether. I didn't see it. No, I did see it because I, I had to look up because it's an yes. Amolga that's flying above you. So I saw it, but it flew by so fast I couldn't get my get it, get it in my view. So like that's one I know yes. I got to go back and try to exactly. get that again the next time. But that's when yep. I unlocked the dark the, the nighttime version. So I just kept going. I never went back to replay that first the daytime version of the first board. Right, and so that's that's why I think too this is a great game to play with with your uh, either with your friends or your significant other or your kids. Where you can hand off the controller and say, "Hey, you go ahead and go first or something like that," because then then you can watch what they're doing as they're trying to take pictures of things. You can watch and see what's going on in the screen, and then when it's your turn, you can come back and try it yourself and maybe capture some of those pictures you might have missed. There's so, no like online play with this, correct? Currently, there is not. No. Who and knows? It might come in a, two and a half years. Who knows? Yes, right? <laughs> it's a player one game. It's yeah, a, there's, a there's one not player even game. Coach co-op, other than. Just yeah. having oh. a second pair of eyes try to point things out. But you sure. can make it your own couch co-op is what I'm saying. Right. It's like mm-hmm. I said, you can, yeah. because the time, the amount of times you have to go re-go, the amount of times you have to go through that same path to get different pictures, you can hand each other the controller to take turns of doing it. So, mm-hmm. and that's what Sammy and I were doing when we did the run through and then even afterwards when I played it again nice. on the bigger TV. And it is a great looking Pokemon game too. It, it has some great visuals, so um, which is really exciting. So that's awesome. I give yeah. it. I give it a thumbs up. I think it's yeah. a great. It's a great game. Yeah, and it was interesting. I was on the uh, the Nintendo Pals podcast on Friday, and they it was Friday. They were both obviously hyped on Pokemon. We had a good conversation about it. One of the things that I think is very interesting about Nintendo and what I think they did here, and Jesse, you talked about this a couple moments ago, so I wasn't completely not paying attention, just slightly. He just um, it to. <laughs> yeah, is that is that Nintendo has taken what is in essence an on rail shooter game, right, and modified that into a game that is more family friendly, right? When you think of an online shooter, again, just by the definition of the title, you think a shooter, right? Where instead it's now like, yeah, I am shooting, but I'm shooting my camera. And that that kind of one more run or to go back and do better and, and increase your score. I think they do a really interesting job with that. And, I, and I'm really happy that this game exists because I know there is such a, a rich nostalgia for some people. And I know that this game hits all those buttons. And again, uh, the lads over at uh, at um, Nintendo Pals were kind of in that demographic. Um, and, and I think, you know, as we saw with Sammy as well, like this definitely hits and, 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 and is that is that right itch? I'm interested to see if there's going to be like a, a DLC strategy with this. You know, are we going to continue to see like, hey, because it's not all the Pokemon are there, obviously. Right? Yeah, we're, we're a little crazy, but like, are we going to see like, hey, here's a new island if you pay, you know, five dollars or whatever it is, or ten bucks? Interesting to see what the what the what this looks like. I'm also interested in seeing the sales number numbers on this when it comes out. 
The other thing that I thought was definitely a great um, way that I think this game has evolved. And of course, this is a social element is like, I don't know about you guys, but Friday and Saturday and Sunday, my freaking social media s- <laughs> stream yes. in on Twitter via the Nintendo Dad's account was just full of people taking pictures mm-hmm. and uh, and sharing that love. And I think that's fantastic uh, and, and a great thing as well. Yep. And I do want to mention this, that uh, I really like what Nifrendo in our chat mentioned that can turn this into a, an, a party game really quick is mm-hmm. make this a Pokemon Snap, the drinking game. Oh, yeah. And I told I put in there, I want the rules for that. <laughs> I want the rules for that because then <laughs> that will be interesting. <laughs> so does Sammy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, this is going to be like a, this will be like a late night one where I will do the drinking uh, on the stream, taking a drink of whatever. Whoever comes up with the rules for that, I'll do a stream of that. <laughs> and then before we move away, uh, there for those who played the original game, there is a returning character in this game. So it is. Basically, it, canonically, a sequel. Is it Pikachu? And I, won't, I have no idea who that would be. When is I it Pikachu? It. Pikachu's at the top. He's everywhere. So he's returned. No, it's probably who the professor keeps referring to that he keeps getting help from. I'm guessing. Is, That's is my it, guess. Is it Pikachu? Well, you might have met him by now. but uh... Pika? We'll talk after the show. Or we'll, yeah. we'll wait till next week in case you don't want to be spoiled. Now, I, gentlemen, have to, I haven't gone to the lab yet to talk after I opened up everything. So maybe that's. Oh, maybe I'll you haven't met them yet. Then. Yeah. Yeah. You'll meet I don't because I haven't met a third person yet. I only met two people so far. Okay. You'll meet and, them soon then. And of course, big thank you to Nintendo for sending us over a review copy of that yes. as well. We greatly appreciate it. Now, gentlemen, very rarely in the show do I get to break in with some amazing hot off the press news. And ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly it. The internet never ceases to amaze me. So whenever you incentivize them with money, they will show up. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to show response? you we have got our winner for our challenge of Sam Jackson on the plane with Goombas. I'm going to share my screen right now. Uh, bear with oh, me one second. Well, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is coming to you live off the Nintendo Dad's account. I need to find the scene. Give me a minute. Okay, just a little wait. Too late. And I thought. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Congratulations, John Wall. I'm tired of these mother effing <laughs> Goombas on my mother effing plane. Yes. We've got a Nintendo Switch eShop card coming to you. And John, this will be our thumbnail for this week's episode as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Tim, if you want to maybe put down in our as our historian, Nintendo Dad's historian on episode 325, our thumbnail art was provided by John Wall of the Mega Dads involving Samuel yeah, L. Jackson. Don't close that just yet. And a Goomba. I got to get that screenshot. All right. Perfect. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is why you attend this train wreck of a got show it. every well, single just, week. Just, I say just uh, go to John's Twitter and pull the source instead of trying to pull the screen crap. Yeah. We'll no, no. Out. I wanted to get that version of it. <laughs> so show that. <laughs> I like I how Episol also said, wait, how how is Super Animals? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
uh, Ebisol. I just saw the video for it in his post on her Facebook page. But by the way, Super Animals looks like Fortnite cross Animal Crossing, and I am all in on I that. I know. Oh I was dying gosh. laughing when I saw that video. That might be today. one of the best cut videos I have ever seen, and I am all in on that one. I was exactly. confused that some animals were talking in yibby yibby yibby, and some were actually talking English. So I'm like, it's I don't get absolutely it. fantastic. Uh, Jesse, do you want to give us like, I mean, we spent a fair bit of time on Pokemon Snap there. You want to give us like a 30 second run or, or just give me like the biggest game that you've played that you really want to talk about in yeah, 30 seconds. Okay. I, I played this weekend. I played Raid on your parade. Uh, it is out on switch, but I played the Xbox version because uh, it's game pass and I didn't have to pay anything additional. Um, it's, it's kind of, kind of a puzzle game. It's only like, it's all, it's think, uh, Donut County. Where mm-hmm. you you are in this game, you are a cloud that are you rain on people, and you are just trying to cause as much havoc as you can. The game gives you several tasks to do. Sometimes to give you hidden tasks that if you do certain, you know, to, if you do enough of things, they'll be uncovered. And when you beat the game, you open a new game plus. And you, you can pl- replay the levels again, which gives you additional new game plus tasks that lets you that requires you to use abilities you didn't have the first time through. Like the first okay. level, you you could only rain. You didn't have any other abilities, but the new game plus quest on the first stage requires you to use one of your other abilities that you got through, as you played the game. And you're uh, saying it's available on the Switch right now. It is on the Switch. Uh, I think it's fifteen-ish. Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty fun. You know, the uh, the newsroom was the one I got stuck on and needed to, uh, a walkthrough to, to solve the required puzzle. But other than that, the game almost plays itself. So some of the levels, levels just have no puzzles. It's just get everything wet and you can continue. <laughs> so there is some thought in some levels, and I, I enjoyed it. It was a good. It's like two or three hours to play through it. Nice. Okay. Excellent. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, Tim, let's go over to you. You got a massive list as well. You want to give me like, a really uh, quick? Yeah, yeah, I can get through it real quick. Uh, essentially, I played Banjo Kazooie X Cloud. Beats say no more. Uh, Overcooked all you can eat. Streets of Rage Four. New Pokemon Snap. Super Mario Party. Among Us. Fortnite. Implosion. Skate City. Worlds and Club Demo. There you go. That's what I played. Do you want to? Do you want to like? Do you want to? Is there one of them you want to highlight the most that maybe was a good one? Like yes, we've I heard will. of Among Us, we've heard of Fortnite, we've heard of Mario Party, yes. uh, Skate City, uh, maybe. I'll, hi- I'll highlight some of the things that I played here. I was just getting through that really quick, like you asked. <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate when you do that. Banjo Kazooie, I played on X Cloud because I can't play it on a Nintendo console yet. But uh, I never played that game, so being free, free. In Game Pass, <laughs> I was able to play it. Free so I started Pass. playing. Yes, with Game Pass, I was able to play it there, and um, I'm sure there, since I can get to it via the PC uh, through the cloud, or excuse me, through the browser, I might be able to stream it too. So I'll, I was looking into that. Probably I'll be able to play a little bit of that on our stream. Uh, I beat the game Say No More. Uh, I talked about that game before. Uh, the, the people over there at the that developed the game gave us a code for that, and 
I did a video on that and finally beat it. Jesse beat it before me, but I finally was able to beat it. So, and that game is hilarious. I rec highly recommend it for a good laugh. <laughs> so, um, Overcooked All You Can Eat, Justin, I know you really like the game. Your family loves it. I was, I finally got it, played it for the first time with Sam. Oh, did it, did it arrive finally to you? Yes. I got oh, the physical version. I did not realize that that finally arrived. Finally got it in the mail from Team 17. They sent it to us, which a big thanks to them. Uh, they sent us a, a physical copy of it to me. Uh, so I broke it out over this past weekend and played it with Sam. And again, the game is hilarious. And he had a lot of fun with it. And we actually didn't yell at each other or anything like that. I just kind of helped. He probably didn't like it because I kept telling him, you know, do this, do that. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe he didn't like it so much. So um, let's see more Streets of Rage for new Pokemon Snap. We talked about Super Mario Party. I played with uh, Chris in Zablanc and uh, I forget who else joined. We did the online stuff, uh, which we did a few games before we played Among Us. Mm -hmm. So it actually worked out pretty well. There was no issue other than just trying to get joined up and get going. Uh, there was no issue while playing online. It was pretty fun. So I'm sure we'll probably be doing that again in the community soon. Uh, played Fortnite with my daughter and had a lot of fun with that. Uh, Implosion is actually an older game. It's a hack and slash type game. And I played the demo and loved every minute of that demo because I love hack and slash games. Mm -hmm. And so I bought the game. It was like five bucks. So I think on sale. Uh, so if you like hack and slash games and it's a pretty good story too like a um apocalyptic type uh you know future uh game nice. and it's pretty fun skate city again i got a review code for that and uh got to take a first look at that and played and got some videos on there and twitch got some highlights and here in twitch and then also on youtube uh, a couple of videos and our facebook actually i also posted a uh music only type video i think was over there i think it's also on twitch because that's where i got it from but uh where it's just all the music and me skateboarding to it you know so and no talking it's <laughs> just me playing the game uh but it's a skateboard it's a um 2d skateboarding game um uh, but looks really fantastic and the graphics and it's uh even though it's 2d it's kind of like Ali Ali, if you will, if you played those games. Mm -hmm. um, it's very laid back, lo-fi beat music, um, which was really digging. It's actually pretty relaxing because it's not very complicated to, to get some moves off in the game. Uh, it teaches you very well how to do them uh, progressively using your sticks to, you know, in each direction to pull off a move uh, using the left stick or, or the right stick. And then you throw in the shoulder buttons and you can do some things that way. Uh, and it's pr pretty relaxing, especially with the free, the free uh, skate mode where you just go through and see what mo moves you can pull off. And then when you get to the pause screen, you can see a list of like 30 moves you can do to get check off on your list. You know, so you pull that off then you can check it off the list. Uh, so you get points for that. You get like credits to where once you get the credits, you can go buy and uh, upgrade your move set uh and what you're wearing uh for your skater so there's a lot to be had there and this particular game for the switch has three cities that you can go do multiple things in because you can 
do the free skate or you can do the uh, task objectives right off the uh, to go in and do. Uh, so there's three cities to do that in. I noticed in the other, uh, if you play outside of Nintendo, like I think it's on Apple Arcade, you can play it there as well. I think they also have DLC that you can play like in Miami, which is not in the current game on Nintendo, which I'm hoping they'll eventually bring because that'd be pretty cool to get some DLC for that. Nice. Uh, so again, I did a, a first look of it. Uh, it's up on our on our uh, channels there. Uh, and then finally, earlier today, I played Worlds and Club uh, demo, which released, mm. I think, today. Yeah. Uh, and the game comes out towards the end of the month, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this game has already got its hooks at me just because oh, really? it's different. The animation is different. If um, the closest thing I could can compare it to would be um, um, the Gumball show on uh, Cartoon Network. Okay. Where I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but they have uh, different animations all in that one animated mm-hmm. show where it's yep. some, some are hand-drawn, some are paper-cut, backgrounds realistic and all that. This game kind of has that same feel to it uh, as far as the graphics go. But the story is is just crazy. It starts off, it's, I'm not giving anything away because it's in the demo, but basically it starts off with um, you're in the future with your characters. You are at a point to where you get to the end boss. And before you can get to the end boss, these, the pre-boss or sub-boss um, comes down and says, you got to get through me before you can get to the, the main boss or the main guy. And they're in the this group of kids that I'm in was like, okay, let's go. And they start charging, and then all of a sudden they get wiped out. They're just totally annihilated, these kids. And then it flashes back to the time 1995, I think it was, they're in. And they're riding a bus going on a school trip somewhere. Uh, which actually, before it even gets to this bus, that it's come when they die, it comes back to the scene where uh there's this character kind of like remind me of saw a little bit if you've ever seen the saw movies mm-hmm. but this character was had these kids in the classroom locked up and if they didn't do some tasks that were on these bands and whatever that they were they were going to die or something like that or whatever and this is this game gets dark <laughs> but it was like it that's what was happening on the screen but then all of a sudden it was like these kids on this bus were watching this show that was all this was happening, kind of like I said, a Saw movie in a way. Um, but and then these kids were on their way to go to, to wherever they were going on their bus. And then all of a sudden a meteor flies over them and goes and destroys the city and destroys what looks like destroys them. But they end up waking up in an amusement park that's underwater. That sounds right. <laughs> okay, there's a lot going on there to unpack. There is so much in the few minutes just starting. I'm just like, I'm all in right now. I can't wait to play more of this. So I'm, okay. I can't wait to get back to the demo. So cool. That's what? Worlds End Club demo. So what what type of gameplay is it? Would you say? Oh, the, sorry, the gameplay. Yes, <laughs> that was just the story. The gameplay is platformer crossed with the talking, like I see in a lot of RPGs. Like there's a lot of stopping and talking. In RPGs, like I would see in, say, even uh, um, 
Um, um, I might have to check this, this demo out. <laughs> it, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the game. The game you like playing, Jesse, the, the Strikers game that you just played. Played, uh, Persona? Sequel to Persona, thank you. Jeez, I couldn't even think of it. Uh, <laughs> Persona games where there's a lot of talking, you know, and character development there, but it's a platformer. It, so far it is, at least. I don't know if it changes at all, because this is how crazy the game is, but but the story does a lot of crazy stuff, kind of like the Chrono Trigger game, in fact, you know, where it does the time travel thing a little bit. So where I'm sure some of the things you're going to do in the past is going to reflect on what you're, what's going to happen towards the end of the game again. So, yeah, I would say check out the demo. It, it's really interesting and different, and that's what I like, is being able to check out something interesting and different. Very cool. I like it. Um, all right, folks, I will give you mine very quickly. <clears throat> Apex Legends. <gasps> what? I know, shocker. Season oh 9 gosh, came out. really? Uh, season nine is really awesome. And they introduce a brand new mode called arena mode. And this is not an LTM or a limited time mode. It is a permanent mode. And so what it is, is it is a three V three, um, small contained area. And before you go into the match, you do a buy just like you would for something like, um, COD or CSGO. And you have a limited amount of money and you pick out your weapons and your loadouts and you go in and you fight and the matches are done super quick, usually less than about two to three minutes. There's still a storm and it condenses the areas very quickly. You die and you cycle it again. And the best of you have to win two matches in a row, um, but it can go all the way to like nine matches, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and it is a ton of fun. It's very quick games. So if you so it's really getting you giving you the opportunity to offer two different variants here. If you were a traditional battle royale, you know, you like to maybe drop at the far edge of the map and kind of scoot your way in, maybe engage a team. You know, it takes about 18 minutes to go through a full game in a, a battle royale. Traditionally, maybe 18 to 20 if you win. This is you're into like you have you can have potentially nine matches done in that time and you're engaged quickly. Uh, it's running a counter for your damage. It's running a counter for your um, kills. It's it's a ton of fun. Again, it's also free. Apex Legends is free, so check it out if you haven't. But this arena mode is is really really impressive. I'm super impressed. With it also it looks like Panic Button also did some work under the hood as well, and actually tightened up some of the graphical challenges that the Switch was having. They've done some work. They didn't put out a, a full press release to announce it, but when you go into um, Olympus, the the primary map for duos or trios, the the map actually looks better. Like there used to be some kind of like flickering of graphics, flickering of of content coming in. It looks stabilized. Looks like they've done a lot of work there. And they've also introduced a new character, a new legend by the name of Valkyrie, who's tied into the uh, Titanfall universe and Titanfall 2 and is different than kind of the other Titans because she can actually fly. So that really dynamically changes the game as well. She's a jetpack and she can literally like fly and shoot missiles. And so very difficult to also shoot and kill. Uh, so she's got some really interesting features as well. I might argue she may actually be a little bit OP. I'm interested to see if they actually make some changes there. Uh, and they've introduced also a, a bow that's coming to the game. So a lot of really cool changes. If you are not playing Apex Legends, that's okay. It may not be for you. This may be the season to jump into it or refresh. I know that when people came in last year or last season, they were halfway through season eight. Uh, this may give you an opportunity to jump in and try something new as well. I wanted to jump out real quick too, because uh, Ebisel reminded me that, and I apologize, Ebisel, for not including you in, but 
uh, Fortnite when I played it with my daughter. Episode. I also joined my daughter and I. And we did trios, nice. and we actually did pretty good. Although we got caught, uh, we made it to you know number two a few times, but just couldn't get past that number one victory. You know, yeah, uh, we got caught by some better players. You know, sure. so but it was a lot of fun, yeah. and uh, yeah, we had a blast. And thanks to Episode for joining us on that. And by the way, he mentioned Fortnite already has an arena. Already had an arena. What what arena do they have, Ebisel? <laughs> and is and if that, is it an LTM or is it a permanent mode? Because it's, it's not. It's an LTM. All right. So that's enough out of you, you crazy fella. But I agree. It's, it's good. Uh, I would also say we'll be putting uh, footage up on our YouTube channel in the next coming days of me playing arena, actually. So if you're questioning, you want to take a look at it, you can sh- check that video out. It's uh, recorded. I just have to actually get it posted. Uh, so that is that. Uh, let's move on to our community spotlight. We've got a couple questions I'm going to try and bundle together here. We're going to try and run through these these questions relatively quick because there is a there's a lot here. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the things here is from last week that I didn't really cover. Yep, I, I, I see you deferred a lot. Thank you. Uh, so obviously this week it was uh, May 4th, the Star Wars day. So we have a couple direct Star Wars questions. Uh, Bruce Patterson asks, actually I'll ask the first question. Bruce Patterson asks the whole panel, what is your all-time favorite Star Wars game on any Nintendo system? Marty's answer is uh, Star Wars, or sorry, apologies, Shadows of the Empire for the Nintendo 64. That is also one that I am definitely, um, definitely aligned with as well. That is that is my favorite, but I'm going to give you my Force Unleashed is my follow up to that as well. That was really cool on the Wii. Kind of you're able to force push with the nunchucks and use your lightsaber as the Wii. It kind of really felt pretty cool. Um, the game I don't think was brilliantly great, but it felt really awesome. Tim, do you have favorite Star Wars? I'm trying to think of one on the nintendo system <laughs> okay i think i played force unleashed on the ds actually uh mm-hmm. which was had interesting mechanics because it used the stylus to do certain things mm-hmm. um but i can't say it was my favorite it was fun but i, I have to think about that some because i know okay. there was something i have to think about that a little bit jesse yeah i i don't think i played many star wars games and I, I can tell you i have on a nintendo system i haven't liked any of them i might have played some before suddenly done we but didn't get far into it so like if they if you take out nintendo as a limiter probably my favorite star wars game would be the empire strikes back on the atari 2600 okay fair enough fair enough and tim i assume yours would be last jedi not last jedi um what is the game that just came out? Frick, I have it on Stadia. What the heck is it called for Star Wars? Fallen something? Fallen. Come on, Tim. Tim. Timothy. Tim Timothy. It's not Jedi Fallen Order because it's not on the Nintendo. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying if there, if it, okay, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. If it wasn't on Nintendo, you would say that, I assume. <laughs> uh, so I'm just making sure this was on Nintendo system. So um, I think it was. What game are you talking about? Or... No, I guess not. I was thinking Dark Forces was, but it has to be. There's a first person 
Star Wars game on the Nintendo system that I liked. Wasn't Dark Forces. Nintendo Life has all of the um, Star Wars games listed. Um, and I could, if I could send you a link when my laptop just froze, that doesn't help us at all. No, not Outcast. <laughs> uh, well, Tim is thinking about that. Jesse, maybe you can answer Bruce's next question, which is what is the worst Star Wars game? Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know. I, I have. I've only partially played one like in the last 10 years, so I wouldn't be the one to answer this. Okay. I'm going to reply with anything surrounding episode one of the Star Wars franchise. Not necessarily because it's horrible, but just because episode one is horrible. Is that including Podracer? Because I heard that was Ooh, actually pretty good. That may be the dis- exception to that rule. <laughs> that may be the exception to that rule. I'm not finding it. There... <laughs> I can't find it. There was a first-person shooter on a Nintendo one that I liked. Oh, and it's going to bother me. I'll, I'll come back to it at some point. Okay. <laughs> we'll All right. Just keep on going. All right, I'll do this. Uh, Jesse, I'm going to throw our next question to you. This is from Zablonk. He asks, it's the year 2073, 2073, and you're on your deathbed. Due to planetary limitations, Bureau Bureau burial burial it's not an option only cremation also urns no longer exist what item in your collection do you want to house your incinerated remains so what item in your nintendo collection should hold your incinerated remains well again i i actually answered this question last week oh. but uh left it over for you guys to play with as well but mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. answer i gave not necessarily nintendo but i i would i said my pinball machine Ooh, because it's kind of a rare item in the first place and just adding my uh what was the word they used he used incinerated remains would just make it more rare yeah that's fair okay um i'm gonna say that you take out the super mario 2 cartridge you take the screws off and you take the actual chips out of it uh, and it's just a case and it's just just in that just the shell of it left much like me, just the shell of a man left in a case of Nintendo games, pitying my life. That's pretty deep. Tim? Yes, sir. What about yourself? What do I want to put my remains in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will put it in, you can't see it behind me because of the background, but put it in the Samus Cannon gun that i have put it in there nice okay that'll, that's where it'll go okay uh mecha dragon asks this is a leftover from last week nintendo gave you the freedom to create your own nintendo dad's event what skit would you do on this direct and what real or fake games or news will you present could be about any actual or fictional game or any news about yourselves All right. Well, I'm excited to announce that on the Nintendo Dads Direct event uh, that we have been purchased by Nintendo as a full extension wing to create uh, entertainment content in the form of podcasts, Let's Plays, uh, and that they'll be creating our own um, side-scrolling beat-em-up game. Circa kind of looks like the Ninja Turtles game that's coming out or Scott Pilgrim, but it's just 
forms the four mega dads or sorry the four nintendo dads and we have to fight villains throughout this game and by the way there's the mega dads we have to fight and by the way sean capri shows up and by the way uh any other podcasts that we partnered so with or helped with shows up similar to the evil x's yeah sort of like that exactly but it's like evil podcast is it, partners is this made in the game garage engine Yep, sure is. All of those things that you're saying is exactly what we would want to happen. Um, and then uh, what Does that game? Mean we're going to get a budget for this to doing these shows. Listen, all right. Did we not talk about the war chest earlier? God, you're such a stickler. Okay. Um, and then in regards to other but content, I also I'm happy- said that they don't spend the money. <laughs> I'm also happy to announce that we'll we will now release um, Super Mario Two. Uh, we'll have a, a true proper s- sequel to that game. Uh, we'll also resurrect Earthbound. Uh, and nope, Tim, nope. I see you down there. Not Earthbound. It would be Mother Three and a Third. There you go, Mother Three and a Third. That's what uh, Jesse. Really. What do you want? Some like look. It's Bitcross five hundred and sixty four. I yeah. I kind of think I couldn't think of anything in the last week. I don't can't think of anything this week. Yeah, the uh, the imagination part of inner of creation is the. Well, the thing I have a problem with. <laughs> uh, like I, learned, I learned how to do programming, but I can't make any games out of it because I can think of any games to make. <laughs> that's fair. Mecha Dragon isn't Lost Levels basically Super Mario Two? Yes, in Japan it is. Over in over in the Great White North, it is not. But I understand what you're saying. What I'm asking for is I'm asking for a game for follow up to Super Mario Two based on the Doki Doki uh, Panic framework and game where we got like Wart. So and you want a Super got- Mario Brothers 2, 2. Yes. Why is it so hard to understand? <laughs> Man. It's like- because, because sequels to games with numbers are weird. I'm looking at you. You call 2.5. I don't Final, care what Final you Fantasy call it. 13, 2. Final Fantasy 10, 2. Uh, Elliot asks, who's excited for Super Animal Royale? It's like Happy Tree Friends meets Fortnite. Yeah, we all are. Yep, I think that looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Tim, are you excited to kill people? I am excited about this game. I, Sammy was trying to figure it out, like, what is going on here when he watched it? But he's excited about it. Um, and I'm sorry, before I forget, Sammy says hi, of course. Hi, Sammy. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, he's excited about the game. And I'm excited too because of how goofy it looks and crazy it looks. It's just like a Fortnite Animal Crossing yeah. crossover thing. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm I'm all in on that one. Uh Chris asks, how much would you pay for NHL 99 Rewind if it were to become available on the Switch store? Five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, or five mooses? <laughs> I said uh, he put this out on Twitter as well on a poll, and I said ten dollars. But I would pay more if they put more into it, especially if it's a, its own game. Because right now, it's you know, Rewind is part of NHL Twenty One. You got that with it. Um, I would like a lot of the same game modes that they have in the current game, but put in the Rewind game, if that's even possible. Just make it a full fledged game but built on the old school system and the switch and i would pay more for that i'd pay you know 20 30 dollars for that jesse hard pass <laughs> i'm gonna tell you the truth is you can't pay for it it's priceless it's priceless <laughs> is that the answer yeah 
And of course, it would be in maple syrup mousses. That's the only true way to do it. And you pour that all over. Oh, my God. With a little bit of like poutine and a little bit of like Timbits, eh? Yeah, hosers, get out of here. That's the topping of the Timbits. Oh, my God. That's just that's just like covering my nipples. Do you know what I'm saying? Just nips of Timbits, you know? That's what we're Tim, doing. Tim Nips. Tim Nips. We're not naming the show Tim Nips because, unfortunately, Sam Jackson's and Goombas are, are definitely where yes, to be we're right good now. there. And uh, also, right. real quick, actually, uh, something that I forgot about that I should have mentioned in regards to the Star Wars games, my favorites is the Lego Star Wars games. Oh, Those yeah. are my favorites. Those are good. Those are very so good. I'm just going to just all encompassing all the Star Wars Lego games. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do well by those, don't they? Yes. All right. Andros asks the following question. I saw a thread online about how if you take away Nintendo's ports and games that had DLC, there's not a lot left in the Switch library. I'm curious what everyone else thinks about that perspective. Personally, I think ports are great and games with DLC are just becoming a norm and a lot of fun. Nintendo has definitely made sure a game is finished before releasing it. The DLC has all usually additional bonus stuff, in my opinion. Um, I... <laughs> I think nowadays, and I was saying this, and I know Andros, but I was on the, again, check if you were interested more, we had a conversation with this as well. Check out, uh, I was on the Nintendo Pals podcast recently as well. Um, I, I think Nintendo is doing just fine. I think the Switch is the first console they've really leaned into their DLC strategy with it. I also feel like their DLC strategy is not to patch broken games, but rather to truly add value or additional content to it. Sometimes I question why it's when it's positioned. Great examples like before Breath of the Wild was even released, you're like, and hey, there's an expansion pass. And you're like, well, hold on a second. That seems a little bit like jarring. But for the most part, they've been able to find out when the appropriate time is to do it. I think um, it's a great strategy. It continues to bring people into games. It continues to add values to game. And this is really actually kind of keeping up pace with what we see with so many of the other games in the industry right now. Example, Division 2 just came out with like a huge, massive timeline for everything that's going to Division. Uh, anything that you're seeing uh, from Assassin's Creed is always a long-term strategy, right? And the, the methodology that you see for Battle Royales is essentially is DLCs and updates associated with it as well. We're seeing it right now for uh, God, not Gods and Monsters, Immortal Phoenix Rising, right? These are just becoming common components of it. And the reasoning there is very simple. Game companies know that you have a limited amount of time. So we want to keep you in our game. And so what we want you to do is to vest more money, invest more time in it. And that becomes, if you're more likely to vest more time and money in something, that's where you spend your time and energy when you know that your time and energy are pulled into different ways. So it's kind of that idea of like, I'm just going to really, you know, drink out of this one fire hose, not out of every other fire hose, but just this one. And I think it's a really interesting strategy. I also think ports are absolutely critical. Ports have the opportunity to kind of pad out a library potentially that we're seeing that we did see some gaps in that. And by the way, the ports that have come over for the Wii U, yes, some of us already have them. Boo-hoo-hoo. There's 13 million of you, okay? That may have had all the games beforehand. That means that there's about 72 million people who haven't played these games. So simmer down, okay? Simmer down. Um, they do a really yeah. great job of introducing these games and I think adding value to them. And I think they've done a great job. So I'm done. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't understand why they chose the DLC as part of that list. I would understand the list more when they looked at all the Nintendo first parties and pulled out just the ports. Because mm -hmm. I didn't understand why they also included all the games that received DLC. That made no sense to me whatsoever in their argument of Nintendo has nothing when you take away their ports and all the games that had DLC. 
we and, want their games to have DLC because we like their games. And if you're a fan of the, that particular game, you're going to want more of it. So you want DLC. So why are you taking that away from a list, especially if it's a new game? Mm-hmm. I think the same can be said of the other platforms too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I think if you do that, the Switch's library probably looks better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How, how many times are they remaking uh, Last Resident of Evil 4, 6, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy 7? Oh. I like yep. I like the fact that they're doing ports or remakes or whatever and bring them over to the latest system because it allows me to, the opportunity to play them again. Mm-hmm. Or if I missed it, it allows me to play it. But like you said, you bring up a really good point too. Those ports are meant for those people who didn't have a Wii U. And that's why they brought them over so that they can make the money back on those things that they mm-hmm. didn't make before. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So does that mean we're going to see a Persona Q2 port to Switch? And, and and the funny the thing that possibly the thing that also like boggles my mind is these are also the same people who are like, where is my Ocarina of Time port to the Switch? Where is my like Majora's Mask port? I'm waiting for my Majora's Mask collection. Give me all the Zelda's port. Yeah, you're over. like, well, what do you think that is? Like, give your head a shake. And also, um, just as just as a reference point, if you um if you don't like the strategy for ports or for DLCs, you don't need to buy them. Right. And it also comes down to a lot of the other people, I guess, and I understand the argument, but there's a lot of people who say there's nothing to play on the Switch. And I think they're meaning they're looking for the first party stuff, right? Mm -hmm. They're not, they didn't buy the Switch to play all the other third parties or the indies or anything like that. Even though there's a ton of things to play, a lot of the people who are buying a Switch are buying it for the Nintendo games, first parties. Mm -hmm. And they're not getting it. And that's why they're looking for those games. Especially if that's all they buy the Nintendo for. And they did buy that. They buy Nintendo systems every time. They buy those games, Nintendo games all the time. And then when you were the one that bought all those games on the Wii U uh, system. And then they're bringing them all over to the Switch. You're like, oh, I already have all that. There's nothing for me to play. I totally understand. These are the people that only buy seven games. Yeah. Yeah, Or one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sparky asks, hopefully you're all keeping well. I look forward to the latest show. As a fellow busy Nintendo dad, I had to move away from the big epic 40 hour plus games. And now I'm very happy and content with tackling four to five hour games, which I know, uh, which I know if I finish, if I enjoy, I'll finish. And it feels like there's less pressure on you as well. Currently, I'm really enjoying uh, Wander Song. Have you tried this? Often these are indie games and offer a fresh experience. Don't be in a rush to keep the shows tight, by the way. The long rambling ones are the best. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Listen, Sparky, this guy's in charge today. All right. Uh, I apologize for, for moving us forward, but uh, that's a great question there as well. Have anyone played Wander Song? I've never heard of it. I have heard of it. I have not played it, though. Yeah. Um, I, time is my enemy when it comes to games. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you as well, uh, Sparky. I'm a, I'm a really, uh, I do enjoy, you know, indie, indie games for the most part are kind of that, that sweet spot. And, um, and that four to five hour game, right. Kind of sits in that nice pocket where you have that opportunity. Um, and I think it's also sometimes like a nice palate cleanser in some ways from these long epic ones. And that's one of the challenges that I think we've all discussed as, as parents or as, as in, in gaming, right. Is you don't have the time you used to. 
right? Like you just, you just, even if you're like, oh man, I've got eight hours to sit around and play video games on a Saturday because everyone's out doing something like you're, you don't actually have that time. Like something else will show up. You're going to do something, you're going to repair something. You're going to mow a lawn or something. Um, I'm very much like you. I'm like, I enjoy those little experiences, four to five hours. If, if it does a great job of telling me a story and does their narrative um, and is compelling that I'm, that I'm in. Um, I'm, that's one of the reasons why, for example, like some JRPGs and um, just don't interest me. Right. Cause it's just like, I just don't have the time. This is way too much. And this is a bit of the challenge of like, I know that everyone was super excited for monster hunter. And I was like, Oh man, I should jump into monster hunter. And I know Tim was into it. And I was like, I should do it. And then I'm like, I do not have the time or energy in my brain to try and figure that game out. I just don't. Um, and, and so if that's like your one thing, then cool. But I'm like, I got way too many other games. I've um, one of the games I might recommend actually for you, Sparky, if you're looking for a good indie game is a game called <laughs> nuts. Uh, and it is about a squirrel and it's about watching squirrels and it's about four to five hours. Uh, and it's, and it's kind of a fun kind of just like casual go through it. Uh, Firewatch is another great example of this game as well, or games like this as well. Uh, Tim, am I correct? I think oxen free is about four to five hours as well. Fez, like these short, small kind of indies, darling kind of games that are just, just really good. I don't remember exactly how long those games are. I usually have to refer to how long to beat to go and check that, but definitely I'm, I agree. Those are the same type of things I like to play because of my time limit. And, I, and it gives me the opportunity to actually finish a game. <laughs> so yep. like the, how, like say no more is actually a pretty short game that Jesse and I both beat. That was like under like what, three hours, two hours, Jesse. So, or four yeah. hours. So I think, yeah, three to four. Yeah. So, and then uh, what was the other one that I just said too? Is the that's not a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's pretty short too. My son this beat that. Yeah. So a lot of I agree. A lot of those indie games are a lot of fun, and that's why I like the Switch. Is you know when Nintendo's not doesn't have their game out or a big game. I'm not. I wasn't looking forward to. I like the indie games to to go to. I looked up Wander Song. It did release on the Switch uh, end of September of 2018. Okay. Nice. And Fez is eight hours. Okay. Well, okay. So a little bit longer than I thought. Uh, Mecha Dragon asks with game builder garage, finally coming to switch. Are we finally going to get the Nintendo dads, the game that the fans want? Oh, we should, we should, uh, maybe that's a contest we should run is I would love to see our community create Nintendo dads game, the game. What does that look like? We think that is. We got so many things going on. Don't we? <laughs> Why not? Why not? You we know got, what I'm saying? Let's we go. Got, uh, Oh, we got to remember Nintendo buying us out. We're going to have a movie. Yeah. We're going to have a game. Yeah. We're, we're just all going out loud here. That's why you should really invest in our Nintendo dad's company right now. Uh, yeah, head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo dad. We're going to release real. Nintendo dad coins that you yep. can mine. So <laughs> uh, at uh point zero, 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 one. Yep. <laughs> Start. <laughs> I'll buy all right. Thousand. Okay. And then uh, when it reaches 10 cents. Speaking right. of content regarding the game builder garage, uh, Onyx says, how could this, how could this get children or adults to actually try and learn to code? Is this just another niche product thoughts as someone who's a beginner coder, it looks way better than looking at a shell looks engaging. So uh, Onyx sounds like they're definitely in for, is it, is it a niche product? It's definitely a niche product. It's an educational tool. Yeah. Um, but you have 85 Nintendo, 85 million switches in the wild. This is such a great accessibility tool. And if we can get 
kids to learn how to code it, but I think we've answered this before, but um, I, you know, I think the target audience is anyone who might be interested. So. And when, when the game builder garage comes out, I'm sure the community and discord will have a lot of fun in trying to figure out that Nintendo dad's game. Yeah. I can't wait to see the Nintendo dad's game. Yeah. So, um, and especially like I mentioned earlier, or what was mentioned in the notes before was that you can collaborate on that. You share the, you share it, the code and share it with people and you'll be able to collaborate. So it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be yeah. fun to figure that out. Absolutely. I'll have to create got- a, a page for that. <laughs> there you go. You will. You will. We've got two final questions here. Screen Nerds Podcast asks, Nintendo has said they're interested in doing more features besides Mario. What other franchise would you want to see as a featured film? This is a low-hanging fruit for you, Tim. What's it going to be? Jeez. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let me think about that. No, Metroid, of course. Of course Come on. Metroid, of course. <laughs> Metroid feature film. Remember when there used to be a a, a rumor that what was a John Woo mm-hmm. was going to direct a, a Metroid movie. Yep. And there, I there was I a was, short that was released. Uh, yeah, I think it was Jessica Schobach was. Uh, yeah. Yes. Famous. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's there's, I think it would make a really good movie. <laughs> Let's hope Nintendo does well on their movie front and does that eventually. Ninfrendo asks in the chat, uh, how many platinum coins equals a Nintendo dad's coin? All of them. <laughs> I love that question. I, I, Jesse? I was, I was thinking like an Animal Crossing movie, mm. but with the animals as detailed and textured as Detective Pikachu and that po- set of Pokemon. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So more CGI than animation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am going to give you so maybe it's more of a TV show than anything else, but I'm going to give you uh, Donkey Kong Country in the art style of the new DuckTales show. <laughs> I would like that. And I think like you have all of your long. all of your characters: Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong, Dixie Kong, Grant, uh, Funky Kong. Just as Grand, long as they Grandpa don't do Kong. CGI on that. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly it, right? So, very cool. Last question, ladies and gentlemen. This is again, I think it's appropriate to end the fact that this is in Star Wars week, May the fourth. Uh, Bruce Patterson asks. Here we go. Did I fall in order? End of question. Time to go. Good night. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Battlefront 2, Jedi Fallen Order, or Squadrons for the Nintendo Switch. Only choose one. I'm also going to say Jedi Fallen Order. I have no opinion. <laughs> Jesse backs us ah, up. Jesse. He goes with us. That's good. All right. Jedi All Fallen right. Order wins. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen that is it that is all of our questions man did we we powered through some of those uh as well i'm just going to scan did we miss any we did not that is folks ladies and gentlemen that is it wow what a show what a show indeed um there were some real ups and downs on it do you know what i mean there's a real journey there was some excitement about numbers we talked about uh metroid not coming to fortnite there was some sadness we then talked about some new games coming up 
garage thing looks really cool. I had a 20 minute power nap. Well, you guys talked about <laughs> Pokemon Snap and we got Samuel L. Jackson and some Goombas on a mother effing plane. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 325 of the Nintendo Dads podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you're in our Twitch chat or YouTube chat, hopefully you've enjoyed the show. I appreciate your commentary, your feedback. We are so thankful and thankful that you are here as well. <sighs> Tim, do you want to take us out? Do you want to close this thing? I've been talking a lot. Or I will you... give it a go for the first time ever. Hopefully I can get through it. So we'll say starting off with YouTube. Thanks for getting us to 5,500 subscribers to the, all those who subscribe to us. Thank you very much. As well as over on Twitch. Thanks for the thousand followers and keep them coming. We want to just keep it growing. And we also want to get the amount of watchers watching us and subscribers watching us so that we can eventually get what affiliate level or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yep. So eventually we'll get there. But thank you to those 15 Twitch subscribers we had and those who actually have been watching with us live too. So, uh, but don't forget if you're a Twitch subscriber, you can also get access to our Discord and the activities we got going on there, like our monthly mayhem, our bi-weekly community gaming nights and uh, all that and and many more things. Uh, check out our mech, um, mech store, our merch store via tpublic.com. Huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, David Ernsberger, Antonio Contrario. I always mess up his last name. I'm sorry, Antonio. Uh, Christopher Waring and Solo Something. Thank you guys for that. And also check out our website nintendodads.org where you can get our latest video links, tweets, and podcast episodes links to all of our social media and our Patreon page as well as Nintendo Dad's shop for Nintendo Dad's merch can be linked there as well and also uh, Extra Life is linked there as well so we always get that linked up right away because you know we're going to do that later this year or you can also find us in most places like Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube by typing Nintendo Dads in any of those places and you'll find us. Or you can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or you can call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS or 929-25-6-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music throughout the show downloads from your favorite podcast app of choice like Castbox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Music, or Spotify. And don't forget to leave your reviews on Apple iTunes. That place where the only place you can leave a review of us. Leave something. Something there with five stars. Leave the three stars and below for the Mega Dads. And that's it. <laughs> Thank you. I did it. I got through it. Good night, everybody. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim's hired. Well done. Well done. That was the final part. You passed your probation period. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. We sound like the goddamn Nintendo Dads all of a sudden. Maple syrup mooses.